I'm Dr. Francis Gross. I work as a pathologist. And over the past 20 years, I've compiled a library of the many faces of death. My travels have taken me all over the world, searching for the various situations that have dealt with our ultimate end. I've seen with my own eyes a myriad of experiences that have led me to a greater awareness of the living. We have developed a world that refuses to recognize our own destiny. You will be witness to what I have discovered. May you be the jury, but your verdict will be one of self-conviction. I know what I have witnessed. Now it is your turn. Prepare yourself for a journey into a world where each new step may give you a better understanding of your own reality. For I am sure you will gain a new perspective from the many faces of death. seconds after the hour of 11 and it's the month of August in the year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. I think someone's becoming a little OCD. What are you doing over there? Well, sometimes my headphones in one ear will go out if something's in queue, but nothing's in queue and I can still only hear out of one. Here's what was happening just now. Sarah's compulsively going down the, uh, on this control board, which is sort of like a big, uh, it looks like a big graphic equalizer. About 35 different little sliding knobs and buttons and dials and things that you press and levers you pull, or levers, as they say in the South. Okay, figured it out. Going down, compulsively pressing each button on and off in order. All right. Don't worry, I'm okay now. Okay, it's fine. Okay. You're not going deaf, are you? It's not just that your hearing has gone out in one ear. That'll be next. All right. Uh, what was I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly austere day. It's going to be one of those days. I can already tell. Mouth, brain, not quite in sync yet. Uh, and so forth. Here we are in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want to join us today with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, uh, your corrections, your what have you. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, Kristen Bowie in for Scotty J today. Standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about anything. The tedious, the interesting, the groundbreaking, or the mundane. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 2970. You want to email? You can do that as well, my chums. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, or tim at 970.am. It's 503-733-2970. Here's the thing about that face as a death speech, which I pulled last night. The, the thing about that movie that is still really creepy, and it's one of those things that you really can't plan, I just think you sort of trip and fall into it, is just the really terrible uh, 70s production values. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes bad production values just look cheap. You know what I mean? If you're watching The Bride of the Atom or something, and it's supposed to be haunting and really it just looks like a guy battling a cardboard spider or whatever. But sometimes, and I think it really is specific to the 70s. I think this is a thing. Is it specific or is it endemic? What does endemic mean? Is endemic a real word or am I making that up? 
Well, whatever. I think it's a thing that is very specific to the 70s, though. There is this particular kind of, I don't know whether it's the style of film they were using, if it's the, you know, if it's the kind of processing the film uh, it had, if it was something about the grain of the film, but there's something about those 70s films, there's a particularly uh, sort of washed out kind of look to the color palette, like a sort of yellowing of a lot of the, the, the film from the 70s. Everything was earth tones. Like that's that. exactly that. natural light photography. Exactly. That's that's what I'm talking about. And you don't see it uh, in the 60s films, which I guess that was when they were still using Technicolor. I used to know what the last Technicolor film was, and now I don't. There used to be that in some small corner of my brain, there was a little box labeled Pointless Information Number 975, and in that box was a little factoid about what film was the last one to be made in Technicolor. And, you know, I look in that box now, and it's just empty. That information is gone. Gone from this place! Uh, anyway, da-da-da-da-da. So there were black and white films, then there was that 60s Technicolor look. And then in the 70s, you're right, everything was a lot of... Everything in the 70s looked like it was filmed by David Fincher. It was all yellow and brown and green. And then you get that, as time goes on, that sort of decayed look on the film. So you go back and you watch Faces of Death now, and time has really just made that movie more creepy. I was watching it last night just to pull this, um... I'm Dr. Francis Dos. I work as an adult. The best part is how he has a big heavy sigh at the beginning. Like, it, oh, the, all the horrible things I have to share with you, the viewing audience. There's certain sections of that movie, uh, as I watched it last night, which is probably the first time I've watched that film. It really is, is strange that that movie came up uh, yesterday on the program, because just like three days ago... I had been thinking about it for some reason, and then I was looking it up on Wikipedia, and then I, uh, you know, and then I was uh, digging through my ar uh, archives of just crap that I have in my basement for no reason. I dug up my copy of it. Um, anyway, so I was watching it again, and there's sections of that that are just so unbelievably badly done. And again, I go back to that sequence of the guy supposedly being killed by the alligator, and it's very clearly just like. They've just taken like a quilt and just rolled it up inside his shirt, and it's just kind of floating in the floating in the water. It really is. It's like a quilt and a pillowcase that have been stuffed inside a man's like gingham shirt and then tossed into a pond somewhere. This is awful. Uh, anyway, I don't even know what it's talking about. Yeah, but so you legal, you watch that film now, and it's just the quality of the film stock is all degraded and just looks all decayed and bad and whatever. And the elements that are that are just completely unconvincing remain unconvincing. But the uh, sections of that film that are tacky continue or are, 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 are haunting rather continue to be so. And that the theme music doesn't help either. It's just altogether creepy. All right, it's 503-733-2970. It is uh, Friday. Thank you for joining us today. We'll get your uh, phone calls here in just a moment. Here, here's what's uh, coming up today. we got CNN radio correspondent Rachel McGrath, who hates me, who will be joining me today. She will attempt to feign some sort of tolerance for my existence. Uh, we'll talk about The great thing about Rachel McGrath is, I don't know whether they time it this way, or whether Roop is just taking vacation days and something like this, or if there's just stories that that guy just can't even swallow uh, reporting anymore. But it doesn't it seem like every time we talk to Rachel McGrath, it's right when there's some really quintessentially trashy American tabloid story happening. So anyway, so she'll be talking to us today about Nicole Richie, who, who served, I swear to God, 82 minutes in jail. There you go. Bam! 82 minutes. Uh, and isn't she all pregnant and whatnot? She is. She didn't, uh, that is that is a thing that's true, right? It wasn't just that she started eating. She is, in fact, pregnant. All right, so she was in jail for 82 minutes, and I think Lindsay Lohan was in, I think she's serving, like, one day or something. I don't think it's happened already. I think she's going to be serving a day. 
Well, whatever. We're basically just going to talk about that so we can then not talk about it the rest of the day. Uh, Rachel McGrath. Uh, Ed McCarthy will join us today. We'll talk about the nutty, diaper-wearing astronaut woman, which I now think may be an urban legend. I'm now of the opinion that the whole business of her wearing diapers may have just been a thing that was fabricated by some blogger somewhere and that we, as the mindless mainstream uh, media, just passed along without bothering to check even the, the, you know, the, the, check even the most salient of facts in that story. So, anyway, we'll get to that. What else do we have? Aaron uh, Geek in the city, Duran, uh, will be joining us in the studio later on today. Uh, he will be... Actually, we have two top fives happening today. So... Uh, Kristen Bowie, who is in for Scotty J. Kristen has created uh, her top five, Kristen Bowie's top five underrated musical acts of all time. Uh, we'll get to that probably in the one o'clock hour. And then in the two o'clock hour, uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran will present top five lyricless television theme songs. So it's the top five television theme songs without lyrics. Uh, so we'll get to that. We have a Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, I think we have a religious nutcase uh, watch on the way. We will uh, get to whatever happened to, which we did not get to yesterday. And there was something else, something that seemed really important when I set it aside this morning. And then I just promptly lost it and it fell out of my brain. Well, I don't know what it is. And blah, 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 blah. So there's those things as well. It's 503-733-2970. We're joined today as are we always by the lovely and talented Sarah Still and Why. Hello, and how are you? Hello, I'm good. Speaking of... Oh, I should have pulled... You know, in that Faces of Death movie, there's a whole section about auto accidents. What was I thinking? Okay. I totally should have... Well, because we have the Blood Rock DOA thing whenever somebody's going to fly. I totally should have... This man was killed in a gruesome auto accident. I totally should have... Um, I'm Dr. Francis Gross. I work as a pathologist. I totally should have found something to play. Larry, you hear your soapbox derby Thank discussion. you. Thank uh, you. Okay. I'm so excited. My sister's visiting tomorrow. I have to wake up at 6 a.m., but it's okay. Um, I'm really excited. All right. So, and your sister's coming in from where? Where does she live now? Uh, she lives in New York, but she's in Bremerton right now, and she's already riding off my mom, and they're already fighting in the car. It's Fantastic. Hilarious. Excellent. And she's, I'm meeting her boyfriend, too, for the first time. They've been dating for like a couple years. And he lives in New York? He lives in Boston. Oh, I see. This is a long-distance relationship. Yeah, well, she just recently moved to New York. Yeah, so. that's not going to work. All right. <laughs> um, so is he here, too? He will be. Is They're she in be town right now? No, tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and so the Soapbox Derby, for people who want to go see that, is happening when? It's happening tomorrow, top of Mount Table, well, like mid-top of Mount Table. Oh, Tabor. you know, here, let me just talk about this for a second. And it's free, and it starts at 10. The thing, about the, the, the thing about the Soapbox Derby is, and I know this makes me sound like a big, fat-ass America, but you got to climb all the way to the top of Mount Tabor, which sucks. Which just sucks. You can go along the side. It's not that steep. No, but it's, but you got two choices. You can either take an hour, and you can go along the side uh, the side and do, like, the corkscrew climb all the way, which is really takes like you gotta like pack a lunch because you're gonna stop like halfway up or you can just go straight up the side which is shorter but which just i mean reduces your life force to almost nothing well, have you no oh, yeah you went a long time ago well it doesn't start way high up it starts like mid-mountain oh really so i yeah. have to go all the way up to the top nope all right and you don't have to lug your cooler up too high really hey is that true that stephanie miller was playing blood rock this morning but really doa by blood rock that's interesting it's weird Especially seeing as how that... Well, never mind. Anyway, I was just gonna, that, the song's almost impossible to find. I mean, it's really difficult to... Oh, really? Worst songs of the 70s. Well, that's an endless list. All right. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. More nuclear waste could be on the way to the Northwest. Woo-hoo! Contaminated carrots are being recalled, and it's not China's fault this time. Mm, sure. Uh, we're going to visit the Cleveland Clinic twice, and the most important news of the day is breaking... And of all the offers he's received, Don Amos will return to television in the special Labor Day on the 
RFD TV network, which bills itself as Rural America's most important oh, network. No, <laughs> no, really. So I get the schedule in front of me, and some of these programs are entitled Training Mules and Donkeys, Animal Makeovers, Farm Bureau Today, The Big Joe Poker Show, uh, Campfire Cafe, The Roping Show, Beyond Rodeo, Pop Goes the Country, Porter Wagner. I thought he was dead. Porter Wagner is dead. Well, Wait, no, dead. no. He's who am I thinking of? RFP I'm TV thinking of Carl Perkins. Carl Perkins, dead. Porter Wagner, alive. Both decked out in rhinestones. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, Imus will return on Labor Day to the RFD television network. Hooray. And where can I see that, Tim? Is that part of our Comcast cable system here in Portland, Oregon? I'm not sure. No, it's not. The answer well, for that is no. Well, it says it's rural America's most important network. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's a lot of competition for that. By the way, speaking of, and then we'll get to, we have some soapbox derby calls. Uh, we'll get through uh, here in just a, a skosh, as they say. It's 503-733-2970, Tim. But before we continue, anything else? Let me just say, speaking of rural America, you know what I got in the mail today? The old farmer's the almanac. The old farmer's almanac. The hole in the corner. Right, right there. <laughs> Perfect for hanging up inside your outhouse. outhouse. Yes. The old farmer's almanac from two thousand for 2008, the brand new one. Oh. And the great thing about the old farmer's almanac, can we go through this every year is just the number of, of advertisements you wouldn't see in here for products. I love the ads in that thing. They're just, but they're, they're things that are never sold anywhere else. I mean, it's, I guess it's stuff that's really just sold here and in Parade Magazine. You know what I mean? Um, and Margie's gooseberry cleaning cloths and things like that you find anywhere else. Okay, but I have to talk about. Okay, there's three quick ads I got to talk about, um, and then uh, and then we'll move on and we'll do some other things. So uh, before I get to that though, let's get. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Uh, hi, I got a question for Sarah about the soapbox uh, derby. Yes. yes, sir. Yeah, this is going to be my first time going, so I'm not quite sure on a. I know there's a liquor uh, permit. Liquor. How high, like how, what kind can you actually bring? You can. They have a beer and wine permit. Oh, so you can't bring anything harder than that. Yeah, they also. He's all, he's all disappointed. Yeah. No. Um, You'll just have to drink three times whatever you were planning on drinking, sir. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can figure something out. Okay, Sorry. Thank you very much. Sorry to have harsh your mellow, sir. All right. Uh, yeah, only in Portland, by the way, would that ever just be assumed that no matter what outdoor activity you're doing, especially it involves vehicles traveling at a high rate of speed, uh, that you're going to have to get plowed beforehand. Um, hey, I'm so, having we're we're having sparks in the park tomorrow morning. Really? I th hey, did you see that big um? Did you see that piece in the Oregonian about how they're trying to get rid of that stuff too? First it was fortified. Yeah, first it was fortified. <gasps> That they've gone too far. First, they came for the fortified wine, but I did not stand up because I did not drink fortified wine. Um, there was a big article on the front page of the Oregonian. Uh, they're trying to get rid of that. It's it, you know the um, energy drinks that have alcohol or alcoholic drinks that have caffeine, however you want to look at it, which is uh, you know sparks and so forth, and various other beverages of that type. There's a big thing on the front page of the paper. How that's the new thing the city's cracking down on. Okay, so before we do anything else, before we get any more calls, I just quickly have to address. The the Old Farmer's Almanac for 2008, which has got a couple of fantastic uh, ads in it, one of which we talk about every year that this comes out. But the first one is, live your life, love your bathtub. And this is for some exciting new, it's like a new, it's a, it's a walk-in bathtub. And oh, I as, as uh, recommended by Ed McMahon. See, but that's the thing. See, how, I, that's the interesting thing about this ad. I guess... I guess this is for people who are not able to step over uh, the side of the bathtub and get in. I, I guess it, it, it's like if you're not able to like kind of throw your leg over the side of the bathtub and get in without, without breaking your spine. This is it's a bathtub that's got 
a door that just swings open, so you can walk right into the bathtub, sit down, shut the door, and then you fill the tub. But what happens when you're done, and you you forget to drain the water out of the bathtub and open the door? I don't know. They, they don't, maybe there's a separate product for that. But the best part about this is, A, Ed McMahon is now so old, and the lines in his face are so deep that his jaw actually looks like that of a ventriloquist dummy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you picture the ventriloquist dummy, and they've got those... You know, they got the lines going right down on either side of the mouth, like Alice Cooper makeup. That's a, it, really if you saw um, if you saw Ed McCarthy, Ed McCarthy, if you saw Ed McMahon sitting on someone's knee like Gabbo. I mean, it just wouldn't surprise you at all because he's just like his face is so deeply crevassed. And they must tell this, they must be able to tell this because the picture is really, really small, and they've just got the the makeup just pancaked onto him. The interesting thing about the ad is, though, at no point does it say, as recommended by Ed McMahon, as endorsed by Ed McMahon, as used by Ed McMahon. There are no quotes from Ed McMahon. There is no picture of Ed McMahon using the product. There are no recommendations from Ed McMahon about the nature of the product. It is just a huge ad, and in the corner is just his head, and it says, Ed McMahon, underneath. That's it. <laughs> like, I guess maybe it costs more to actually have him in the bathtub. Um... Let's see, there were two other things I wanted to talk about. There were two other... Wow, where did it go? Mm -hmm. This is inter This is gripping radio, by the way. I'm paging through the old farmer's almanac. This is what Imus' show is going to be every day for four hours, except Bo uh, Deedle will be there. Okay, two, two quick more things, and then we'll get these calls, then we'll break. We'll come back with Rachel McGrath. Uh, on page 15, for you who are picture paging along with me at home with the Old Farmer's Almanac for 2008, although uh, you may not have it yet, I think we actually, this is one of the perks of working for CBS Radio, I think we get the Old Farmer's Almanac before, before everybody else. else. That's it. We, this is, it's embargoed until next week. Um, a Stana Stairlift is the thing that they're selling at the top of page 15. Now, Stana Stairlift won't mean anything to anybody unless you are familiar with the movie Gremlins. And Gremlins had... What's her name? The old woman who was unable to walk up the stairs, and so she had that electronic uh, chair that was mounted to her her stair banister oh, the railing. Superstar too. So exactly, and she'd get in that, and it would go, and it would take her up the stairs. They actually sell these right here. I didn't even know. Like I thought that that was a fake product. I didn't think that was a thing they actually sold. Uh, the idea that you could have some sort of super chair that would whisk Why you up the not? staircase of your... Because I figured if you, if you don't got no legs or anything, it's like you wouldn't live in a two-story house to begin with. Well, perhaps they had the two-story house before they lost the use of their legs. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> okay, no, fair point. That really is that really is true. Okay. Anyway, so you can buy this now. And then right below that, the best product that's in the uh, Farmer's Almanac every single year, the Incinolet, the electric incinerating toilet. And we did a whole, like, half an hour on this last year, so I'm not going to dwell on it. Just to say this, that you really ought to go to Incinolet.com, which is I-N-C-I-N-O-L-E-T. Incinolet.com. Which is a, it's a huge, it looks like a big metal uh, wastebasket with a ring in the top, and it's a thing that I guess you, um, you know, you do your business into, and then it just burns your... Burns that your must business, smell awesome. Burns your burns your poo into ash immediately. How it works? It, I mean, I know the board of the space shuttle. I don't really know that it's like space age technology. I'm pretty sure the Indians were doing that like 900 years ago. What do we do? Well, let's just burn this. So there you go. Uh, here's what we got. We got uh, soapbox and drinking, a nail gun story, somebody about the walk-in tub, or a little bit of Amy Winehouse gossip. What do we want to hear first? Go soapbox. 
All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show about the soapbox. Hello. Hey, good morning, all. Hey. Uh, yeah, as a past entrance, uh, entrant, um, what I, and I quit drinking this year, but I would always just get, go down there with a Starbucks cup with the top on it because there's drinking areas where it's allowed, we and don't... then there's areas down the raceway where it's not allowed. And so if you want to wander, I just would yeah. always just carry a Starbucks cup. Put whatever you want in there. No, we don't advocate they actually, that. They bought, but that they, would be wrong. That's wrong. We do not encourage the illicit wrong, consumption of alcohol. This year, they actually got the permit for the entire track. Really? Uh huh. So you can just drunkenly. Are you actually you allowed want? to drink if you're going you to can, be operating one of the soapbox cars? Yes. Well, you're supposed to stay less drunk if you're <laughs> if you're driving yeah. the car. You must be at least this sober to ride this ride. Or not on the main was, roadway. We're just you know oh, going in front of park. Not like there are children in the park or anything. It's not like the parents are choosing to bring their children to the park. That's true. I guess you are a hoist by your own petard if you bring your child there. So Anyway, good luck to you, Sarah, tomorrow. And uh, we'll Do, Would you like to give any parting you. words to Sarah should you not oh, speak to her ever it, again? Rick. No, I'm saying today I think all callers should end their call with a farewell to Sarah should she not return to the program after, after tomorrow. In case we never see her again, yes. like your sweet Sarah. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Fantastic. That's it. Sometime during the show, I'm going to isolate some more faces of death stuff. I'm Dr. Francis Gross. I work as a pathologist. And over the past 20 years, I've compiled a library of the many faces of death. Fantastic. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, the great thing about that walk-in tub? Yeah. Yeah, you got to get in, get naked, sit there and wait for it to fill up. Yes. Then you got to drain it, sit there naked. Why it drains. You know how old people love being uncomfortable. Exactly. Well, but really, what if you're like, you know, 800 years old, you're just waiting for somebody to come chew your food. I mean, what else are you going to be doing? And I'll see, see you at the Soapbox Derby tomorrow, sir, Yay! and I think you're going to make a beautiful corpse. Oh, Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Excellent. Fantastic. Well done. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Well, that's, it's not funny over there. It's really funny over here. It's all perspective, Sarah. It's all relative. Uh, hello, you have a nail gun story, sir. Yeah, hello, Rick, Tim, and Sarah. Hi. Oh, hello. hello. It's, the, uh, it's our good friend Dante, the cab driver. Hello, sir. Okay, so I have never in my life before regretting learning to speak the Spanish language. However, uh, Tuesday of this week, I had a call that took me down to Woodburn to pick up a gentleman and bring him up to Portland. Uh-huh. It's a great run. It's an awesome run. And as I'm going along, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what why this guy is headed up to the hill, up to the um, medical hill. And it turns out that he tells me in uh, grim detail in Spanish that he was a framer for a, for a housing contractor. Right. And at one point in his day, he was uh, trying to apply a piece of plywood to a two-by-four with a nail gun. The nail gun apparently was not uh, in line with the stud behind the plywood, but was in fact in line with a chunk of concrete behind oh. the plywood. Oh, and it bounced back. It bounced back through the plywood, sunk an inch into the dude's eye. Oh, well, wait. Now, hold on. When you say into the eye, do you mean, I mean like literal, in, into the area around his eye or oh, into no. his eye itself? No, dude. Into his eyeball, through the cornea, through the pupil. And then, to top it all off, what is your immediate reaction when something goes into your eye? i got to pull that right out. You gotta, you gotta reach up and cover oh. your eye. Oh. He drove it all the way back oh. into the back of the socket. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's wrong to laugh. <laughs> it's wrong to laugh at a guy who just nail gunned himself in the eye. But, but, but the idea, the idea that he would reach up and like, wait, hold on, I seem to have something here. Let me just, oh, no. and then he shoves it all the way in. It's sort of like, 
It's sort of it's sort of like that old joke about the uh, it's that old joke about the pirate who has you know a patch on a patch on one eye and a hook on one hand, yeah. and the uh, you know and the, and the guy says this is the oldest joke on earth, but the guy the guy says. Um, you know, well, how did you lose? How did you get the hook on the hand? And the guy says, "Well, you know, there was a an accident with a cannon, and there was an explosion, and I lost the use of my right hand, and that's why I have the hook." And the guy says, "Well, how did you lose your eye?" And he goes, "Well, you know, a seagull flew overhead, and you know, right in my eye with the seagull dropping." And the guy says, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, it was the first day I had my hook." <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny. It really is. Oh, yes. I mean, it's, you don't want to laugh, but by God, you know, you, look, if you if you oh. don't if you don't laugh, yeah. you're going to cry, sir, and crying is unacceptable. Well, watch Sarah. Be careful tomorrow, and watch out for stray nails. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye now. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Finally, this tiny little bit of Amy Winehouse gossip. I should know, by the way, that I'm kind of a latecomer uh, to the uh, to the Amy Winehouse phenomenon. So I really only know this is sort of like with the Gallagher brothers in Oasis a few years ago, where no one in America really knew anything about Oasis except for maybe like uh, Live Forever, like you know, or Wonderwall. You just really only knew about them as tabloid fixtures. You know, like most Amer probably still to this day, most Americans probably couldn't sing any more than one Oasis song. They really just know the the Gallagher brothers is, you know, they do a lot of cocaine and they hit people with with broken bottles and they're banned on airlines. I really only um, I really only know Amy Winehouse because she's apparently emaciated and they're keeping her locked in a small box somewhere. Um, but apparently Amy Winehouse, this is from a Christian Bowie yeah, filling for nuts. Scotty J. Apparently she was brawling with her husband yesterday. He caught her trying to. Everybody knows how this sentence ends. Cut herself. Oh, and do drugs with a call girl. Yeah. Really? Is there a video of the fight on TMZ? There's a. Um, oh, there are pictures of them too, all bloodied and bruised. Excellent. That's wonderful. All right. Well, see, and whatever hotness she may have lost by dropping all that weight so drastically is back by the, by the revelation that she's a cutter. So. Excellent. Yeah. That's oh, them that. after. Yeah. Well, he's messed up. She's hot looking though. Fantastic. All right. Um, well, we should probably break here. When we come back around the corner, more of your calls. Rachel McGrath from CNN. Later on, Ed McCarthy. Tim Riley at the noon news hour. Uh, and later on, Aaron Geek in the city. Duran, the top five and all that. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Rick, did you hear that Brian May from Queen got a doctorate in astrophysics? What the hell? What is a guy from Queen going to do with a doctorate in astrofreaking physics? Just curious. Cool, though, I guess. By the way, I wanted to let Sarah know that... Oh, I'm sorry. said I wanted to tell Sarah to rest in peace pending her drunken careen down Mount Tabor tomorrow. Go with God, sweet spirit. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. Well, Thanks, Eric. Oh, uh, let's see. Man, you know, my computer's freaking out, too. There's some... Okay, yeah, there's some weirdness going on with my mouse. Some uh, some ghost in the machine over here. Oh, you know, that's, that's what I should have done. Top five car crash songs today. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I mean, I guess there's really just Dead Man's Curve. What other car crash songs are there? You know, I'm just, I'm totally blind. There's uh, there's Dead Man's Curve. There's Leader of the Pack. I guess that kind of technically counts as a car crash song. There's, um... There's uh, a young man is gone by the Beach Boys. All right, I got to think about this. Uh, top five car crash songs. That's like an ad hoc top or it could five. Be... I might be able to assemble that. Yes. Our top, our top five songs that were 
written or sung by people who were killed in car crashes. Uh, yeah, I should be. Okay, there you go. Top five car crash deaths. Top five artists killed in a Play car a wreck. Play TLC. Yeah. Oh, I completely forgot about her. Mm-hmm. That's one of those bands. Well, everybody was... did remember that. was a, It was like right around <laughs> September 11th. I can... And she died, and then September 11th happened. Oh, uh, you know, don't you always, uh, and we, we'll talk to Rachel McGrath here in a second, don't you always kind of feel bad for people who die, and then they're immediately um, overshadowed by somebody else? There's, you know, it's like it's like the Mother <gasps> Teresa Princess dies. Or Johnny Cash and um, John Ritter. Same uh, day. Oh, I, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I just remember that John Ritter died, and, you know, that's it. That's all I got. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, CNN Radio correspondent from Los Angeles, the one and only Rachel McGrath. Hello, Rachel. How are you today? Hello. I'm very well. How are you guys? I am fantastic. You sound sprightly today. Oh, yes. Yeah, sprightly. That's the word. Excellent. Hey, so let's talk about Nicole Ritchie, who served, am I reading this right, 82 minutes? Yeah. I think it was, what, one minute for every pound she weighs, something like that? <laughs> yeah, but I have you been polishing that line all morning, just yeah. waiting to unleash it? Let me ask you this. I mean, seriously, all kidding aside, how is it that they arrive at the oddly specific figure of 82 minutes? Well, that was exactly the time it took for her to um, enter the jail, be booked, be fingerprinted, and have her mugshot taken, and then she was straight out again. Uh, color me stupid, but you know, what is the point, do you suppose, of... The photo, you know, the, the, the fingerprinting and the mugshot and the booking and the whatever. If there isn't that stuff, you typically only do if you're actually going to keep somebody there. Well, I mean, strictly speaking, you know, she, that is her, her jail time. They now have it on record that she was booked into the, the county jail, and there's the record of it, and now she's out again. So the point is that it means that it, it proves that she did her time behind bars, if you like. This whole country just fills me with disgust sometimes, really. There's just uh, there's not enough celebrities being broken down into tears in open court, for my, for my liking. Um, <laughs> That's what you'd like to see more of, right? Well, really, I think, it, look, if there was an entire channel that was just devoted to celebrities uh, having horrible things happen to them, I, I've often said, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I've said that if there was some sort of a television program that just involved a guy going door to door, knocking on the front you know, door of a celebrity home, the celebrity opens the door, and then they are immediately hit in the face with a hammer, uh, and then, you know, and then maybe set ablaze, and then the person just goes to the, you know, just one house, one house at a time. You do like ten per episode. I would absolutely watch that. They, they get like a seven share right <laughs> that one syllable You're response sick. you know that. that that one syllable response says it all that's You're sick. i am what is wrong with america rachel <laughs> i am the bad i am the ugly american just uh-huh. no getting around. look i just i embrace uh, my uh i embrace my inner deviance what are you gonna do yeah. um and then uh and then Lindsay lowen she's what, so she hasn't served yet, but when she does, it's only going to be a day or something. Is that the deal? Yeah, that's right. Um, she she was given a 48-hour sentence, and I think um, she could choose to do two days of that or, uh, or something like that. She could, she's got to do um, 10 days of community service and 24 hours in jail. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, she's got to do that before January the 18th. Now, whether her 24 hours in jail will be less or more than 82 minutes, we, we don't know yet. Uh, but she, she's got to do 24 hours behind bars, 10 days of community service, and uh, complete um, a, a residential drug rehab program. It really does beg the question that if having a big bag of cocaine actually in your pants is not enough to get you uh, hit with uh, possession of cocaine charges, I mean, really, what is it you have to do? I mean, do you have to be balancing the cocaine on your head uh, while juggling a series of letters that when spelled out in refrigerator magnet poetry say, like, I'm guilty, please convict me? It just staggers the imagination. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Clearly, I feel like all my material today, it's like I'm throwing a half-empty basketball. It's just hitting the floor with you, and you're just, you're just not even responding. I, uh... <laughs> I'm just in too good a mood today. 
I just I just don't feel the need to, to attack you. Uh, you know. Well, that's well, okay. I'll try harder next time. <laughs> Because really, my really speaking with you, like an, an encounter with you, isn't really complete unless I feel that I've been excoriated in some no, fashion. No, I know that. Hey, hey talking about your celebrities who die in car crashes. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so, well, we have um, it, we have uh, Sarah X. Dillon, who is our producer here. She's going to be engaging in an adult soapbox derby this weekend, where she is a homemade uh, a homemade gravity powered automobile that she's going to be going down the top of a, a big hill that we have here in Portland, Oregon. And so we're trying to fill her thoughts with uh, as many sort of yes, motifs of dread as possible. All so. right. Well, how about, um, you, do you know the band T-Rex over here? Mark Boland? Mark Boland. Mark Boland, absolutely. In a mini. Yeah. Um, it, was that a single car collision? Was he just intoxicated or did somebody actually uh, I think he went into a tree. Ah, uh, there you go. Well, yep. in America, he's one of those guys that is sort of only known here because of that uh, the Bang a Gong song, which is sort of played to death. Uh, but really one of the big forerunners of the uh, of the modern-day glam scene. Clearly yeah. does loom like a uh, like a big looming thing. A big looming thing, yeah. I just kind of choked there. All right, Rachel, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. And good luck with that um, that race down the hill. Thank you. Thank die. you very much. Don't die. All right, there you go. Rachel McGrath, ladies and gentlemen. I like her. I She's do like her. and doesn't take your crap. I've come around on her. I really do. I've I've taken a little bit of a shine to her, a fancy to her, as they say. I uh, I didn't know what to make of her the first couple of times. What with me constantly calling her Rebecca and so forth. But I uh, the be- the best part of that. Other when she kept yelling that you were sick. The <laughs> that was funny. Well, she's British. The uh, oh, you know, I missed my chance. Maybe she'll be on again. I should have asked her what to do in uh, in uh, London. I totally should have asked her that. Um, just horrified her with the idea that I'm going to be in the I'm going to be in her home country. I, the best part of that entire exchange was when I did that huge line about whatever. I, I, did, I did some great three-sentence, you know, construction of wit, and then she just kind of went, uh, yeah, and that was it. Like, it was a one-syllable response. Uh, all right, we'll get car crash songs here in a moment. This is, oh, is this uh, the organizer of the Soapbox Derby happening tomorrow, Zach Hall. It is. Joining us now on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? Hi, what brings you to the phone today, Zach? Well, I just wanted to, uh, someone just called me and said, oh, there's, all the talk about booze, and I just wanted to make sure that I highly encouraged everyone to bring beer and wine up there, but maybe not the hard alcohol. No, of course, and we... Uh... And the whole track is, um, you can drink along the whole track this year, oh, right? Yep, the whole track parks is uh, very nicely uh, uh, bargained with us, and the, the whole track is a beer garden, provided people stay close to it. The real issues for them are uh, keeping alcohol away from the reservoirs, any containers... Anything like that that goes in the reservoirs is a big headache for everybody. They have to drain them and cost millions of dollars and so all just that to, kind of stuff. I'm so excited for So tomorrow. now, just to clarify, so what is specifically the alcohol policy uh, so, for the for the derby? So, yeah, beer and wine, bring your own beer and wine is allowed, um, and we encourage that. We don't sell or provide any alcohol up there, of course, um, but hard alcohol is not allowed, kegs and that kind of thing not allowed. Uh, it's, you know, it's a picnic permit kind of environment. Um, just stuff that you could bring in on your on your own in a uh, cooler or a backpack or something like that. All right, uh, enjoy a few cold beverages while you watch the races. Fantastic! And is there a, a website people can find out more about the uh, the derby? There is. You can go to soapboxracer.com and uh, read about the details. I encourage everyone to come out. I think it's going to be a fun day. Cool. Excellent. I will certainly be there, and I know a lot of the listeners are going to be there uh, as well. So uh, thanks, soapboxderby.com. Soapboxracer.com. Soapboxracer.com. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Zach. Thanks, guys. Before right, we'll see you go. tomorrow. Thank okay, you. cool. Zach Hall, organizer of the Soapbox Derby. He's so very nice. Go. I'm still not clear on the alcohol policy. 
I don't understand how you couldn't be. Well, because he was... You can bring beer and wine, but say, you can't bring hard liquor. Uh, he didn't flat out say... I don't think he ever actually said, don't do it, though. He goes, well, it'd be nice if you didn't... With the, I guess he's not trying to be authoritarian. He's trying to be sort of a... I'm just saying they make containers see-through, not see-through. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. He's... I mean, I'm not faulting him. I'm just saying he's doing that cool well, parent thing of like, can, well, I'm not going to tell well, you. Well, it's you, you can be in a park and just openly drink a beer. Like, you can drink as many, you know, as much beer as you want. It gives you like you're in Vegas for just a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm. Just a little tiny slice of being on the strip. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, let's get some... Except these. for, you know, the death trap Car thing. crash calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good uh, morning, I guess, Joe. Uh, hi there. How are you? I'm doing good. Rich Erickson, right? I'm sorry? It's Rich, Rich Erickson, right? Yes, Mr. Rickles, it is. Okay. Thank you. Uh, sorry. Um, I don't recall the name of the song, but Pearl Jam did one a few years, a remake of another song. Oh, Last Kiss by Frank What's-His-Name. That's the one. Oh, that's where, oh, where, camera. Yeah, that's uh, I forgot about that. Hold on. Uh, i got to write great that song. down. No, that is a great song. Last Kiss. All right, maybe I'll have time to put this together. Maybe I'll have time to uh, to work on this top five. We've already got two top five scheduled today. Maybe we'll try to do one per hour. Oh, that would right. be lovely. All right, excellent. Hey, thank you, whoever. sir. All right, thank you. We'll get through these calls, and then we'll talk to Ed McCarthy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Okay, so uh, Killer Cars by, the, by uh, Radiohead. Killer Cars, Radiohead, Cars. Just awesome about, you know, drunk people driving and bad things, and, oh. you know, all know, that stuff. We don't know anything about that, sir. No, all no right. not at all. And uh, I'd just like to say to uh, Sarah that uh, drunk chicks with road rash are hot. Ah. All right. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Road Thank rash is, you. It's like being a cutter. You're just letting the road do the cutting. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, um, not quite a celebrity death by car crash, but an honorable mention. How, um, you know, Sarah actually loses a limb like an arm, such as uh, Rick Allen from Death Leopard. You know, she could always learn to off the board with her feet, you know, and, and uh, have success that way. Rick Allen, that is true, because that was a car accident that caused him to lose that arm. Yes, it was. All right, excellent. Good observation, sir. I, went, I wouldn't have thought of that one myself. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Would you Thank like you. to say goodbye to Sarah? Oh, I guess not. No, no. see, he's, he doesn't want to. He believes in me. No, he doesn't want to say goodbye, Sarah. He wants to remember you as you are. Uh, one more, and then we'll talk to Ed McCarthy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's going on there? Uh, not a whole lot. We're just counting down the moments until Sarah's demise. Yeah, excellent. Hey, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yes. not quite uh, quite a car crash, but uh, how about a motorcycle crash? Uh, you guys being the big low fans, what about Bad Out of Hell? Oh, Bad Out of Hell, too. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I mean, man, you got the great Todd Rundgren, uh, you know, motorcycle wailing on the guitar. And... I thought you were going to go with any one of the numerous <laughs> Allman brothers who were killed in a uh, uh, yeah. motorcycle accident. Bad Out of Hell. Live fast, die young, and leave a good-looking corpse. Well, two of the three. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right. Let's see. Um, well, well, we'll do this last one on the other side. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the South. Sarah's giving me what my dad used to call. I don't understand two of the three. Well, I'm saying the good-looking corpse probably. Will be there. I mean, they can do. They do. I'm mighty, not good-looking. Well, you are now. I don't know about 24 hours from now. I. You're they, such a jerk. You know, here's the thing though. They do great work in restorative arts now. That's really they can they can make you look the way you used to. I've seen guys lost their whole stop? head, and then, you know, you see them, and they look all peaceful and lifeless. Talk to Ed. Hi, Ed. How are you doing? Today? Hey, Rick. How are you? Oh, we're doing fantastically today. It's a great day. It's a wonderful day to be alive. It always is. 
It is. Um, all right. I'm feeling a little uh, a little jittery again today, but that's okay. I'm overcoming it with caffeine and my superior wit and guile. Um, let's talk about, uh, well, a couple of things. A, first of all, th just to clarify something, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, I don't know. This Lisa Nowak woman, this nutty astronaut that drove like a million miles to kill somebody, d have we, did we know if this diaper business was an urban legend that got made up? Because that's one of those things that just got passed along, and I've, I've read since then that they think that that part was just fake, that that wasn't real. Do we know if that was actually the case? That was not an urban legend, according to police. Uh, they uh, say the evidence was there, and uh, they asked her about it, and she admitted that she uh, was using the adult diapers to travel the 900 miles so she wouldn't have to stop. Yeah. And uh, NP, and uh, that that was an exact quote from her. You know, the interesting thing is, it never occurred to her that she could just use the bathroom while they were refilling the tank at the gas station. You know what I mean? I well, mean... that thought occurred to me, and uh, I guess she decided that uh, she had to have the quick pass and, and go. <laughs> she is a go-getter. Um, and I don't know to what to what extent you're you're covering the the Michael Vick thing today, but I mean, just so. It, is he doing this weaselly thing of copping to some of the pleas, but not copping to the stuff that everybody is really angry about? Apparently his legal team did a little more homework here. Uh, we're looking at this thing as it uh, comes in, and he submitted a guilty plea to the one federal count against him, which is conspiracy involving illegal dogfighting. See, he gets out of this betting thing. He admits participating in killing dogs and operating a business enterprise, but in a circumstantial way, according to these documents. So, you know, he uh, he tries to really kind of circle the wagons here, and uh, apparently the prosecution, uh, the uh, government is letting him do that. Uh, they call it a summary of facts, Rick, not a lawyer, but here's what it is. Uh, basically, he admits to knowingly and unlawfully participating in the interstate commerce and sponsoring and exhibiting an animal in an animal fighting venture. So basically, bankrolling it, knowing about it, but, you know, in the presence of people who did these things, you know, in the co-conspirator mode, uh, so the killing approximately six to eight dogs did not perform well in testing session. So, you know, this is not good news for him. I mean, it looks as though it's watered down, but uh, really it goes to the heart of the matter. And uh, Monday he's going to appear in court. And is it, are they still speculating that he's going to get hit with like the, the 12 to 18 months or something like that? That's what the prosecution, they're going on the low end of what is a five-year uh, deal behind bars. Uh, so they're looking at 12 to 18 months uh, would be a fine of $250,000. Uh, full restitution, they say, a special assessment, three years of supervised release. And then when she when he gets out, you know, there's no guarantee that the state of Virginia is not going to go after him, uh, you know, which could mean more uh, time. And also the NFL then probably would wait until he got out of prison and then say, boom, you're suspended. So, clearly, so you know, a, a, we don't see much of a, a career ahead of Mr. Yeah, Vick. A bad couple of years coming for that guy regardless. Exactly. Well, I'll try not to lose sleep over it. <laughs> okay. Right. Ed McCarthy, enjoy your weekend, sir. We will talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Ed McCarthy from uh, the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. All right, let's get a couple more of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Great car crash songs, Rick. I'm surprised you didn't think of Detroit Rock City. Oh, Detroit Rock City, which actually starts the uh, Destroyer album, Detroit Rock City, Detroit I just Rock. watched the, I watched the video on YouTube the other night, the original um, from back, way back in the day. It was like uh, going back to school. Uh, are you, uh, when you say you watch the original, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at an email. I got this guy, just as you, as you called him with this, I got this email. Yeah. Rick says, this email says, if you forget uh, Detroit Rock City, you're dead to me. P.S. 
And, and then it signed. We all think together. It signed. P.S. Dead chicks are hot. So um, <laughs> when, you, weird. when you say you watch the original video, what are you referring to? Well, um, I just YouTube Detroit Rock City, and uh, I don't know when it was recorded, but I think it was. I don't know. Is it, it was, a live performance or is it like I, a promotional video? Actually, uh, I well, I I don't remember now. You know, because I think I saw they had like three or four versions of it. Most of it was live. But it might have been an original uh, production video Interesting. Uh, released by the record company. That, I, I think, know. was the lead single from Destroyer and actually didn't uh, didn't really do all that well. Uh, was, but it is... Yeah, when I was when I was young, that was one of my favorite um, uh, favorite songs. Driving around late at night. It's a great it's a great song. Uh, as I f I found as I got older, I got kind of impatient with it though, and I would just skip right ahead to the na 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 part. Like oh, I didn't really? I didn't want to wait through the whole opening, and like I was like, come on, let's get to the rock. I was so. never well, you know, it's funny because I was watching I was watching the, um, I watched quite a few YouTube videos with kids, and I was thinking about you. Because I, you know, they were around when I was when I was young, but I was never a big fan of of the music. There were some cuts that were amazing by them, Detroit Rock City being right. one of them for me. Um, but I was watching them, uh, thinking about the things that you had said about them. You know, like um, looking at them as, uh, you know, they're not just a band. You know, I, they're almost something like between, um, kind of between circus, really. No, it's no, it's true. And I'm sorry if I sound just the tiniest bit distracted because Sarah's really loudly slurping a cup of coffee like an inch away from the microphone over here. So. <laughs> I forgot it was on. Yeah, excellent. All right, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, there you go. Uh, all right, two more, and then we uh, then we have to break here. Okay. Um, I feel like I feel retarded that I didn't come up with this uh, this car crash top five last night. Totally blew it. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Yeah. Hey, I was just uh, going to tell Sarah that. You know, in The Godfather, the restorative thing had happened since the 40s, you know. I mean, Sonny got shot to hell with bullets, and if they can make him be open casket, she's okay. I want you to use all your powers and skills to, yeah. They, and it also helps that, amazingly enough, in The Godfather, every time I watch that movie, and I'm, you know, and being it being a guy, like it comes with the white chromosome that you got to watch that like once a month, every okay. time when they ambush Sonny, it it is sort of amazing that he is attacked by like six guys with submachine guns and not one hit to the face, not one zero. Also, let me ask you this. Okay, so you're familiar with The Godfather. Here's a question I have about The Godfather that has never really I've never really been able to come up with the answer to this, and I haven't read the book in forever. It's been like 20 years since I read the novel. So. That sequence in The Godfather where Sonny is ambushed at the toll booth, uh, he is going through the toll booth because he's on the way to his sister's house to uh, protect her from her, or you know, her, he's, you know, he's, he's because she's being beaten up by the uh, by the brother-in-law. Uh, oh, she's going to give Carlo the business. I mean, right. That's what he's going for. So he's on his way to put the beat down on Carlo because he's just been beating up Talia Shire in the bathroom. So my question is, how did that ambush? work though like how did they know he was going to be there or did carlo put the beat down on talia shire because he knew that she would call sunny and that sunny would come over i mean it seems really complicated the way that whole setup of sunny works in the godfather yeah I, I, the way i remember it and it's been well it's been three weeks since i've seen it but the way i remember it is that it was all set up by carlo when he was approached by uh uh, you know, Fish, what's his name? Uh, yeah, by, uh, by Tessio. Right, uh, to, to do it. I think that was it. It was, it was, it was set up to, to beat her knowing full well that he would, Sonny would find out about it. Alright, excellent. I have to go back and watch that again, maybe with the commentary on, maybe Coppola talks about it. Alright. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Thank you, my friend. Yep. Alright, one more, and then we, uh, got a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hey, Rick, how you doing? Hey, what's up? I got a couple for you, and forgive me if you've already mentioned these. There are yeah. two at the totally opposite spectrums. One is uh, that DOA Blood Rock. Yeah. Yeah. The other one's Dead Man's Curve. Dead Man's Curve, which uh, I actually, I think I have that upstairs somewhere. Which, that is probably the definitive car crash song. I mean, yeah. still to this day. And, of course, especially because um, I believe... It I'm, actually kind of happened to... Uh, it happened uh, to Jan, Jan, I think, to what's his Jan. name, to Jan. And then somebody told me that James Dean... Actually, that was the the same place where James Dean died, but I'm not sure about that. That may or may not be true. Well, it was on Sunset and Vine, according to the song, which I don't think exists anymore. I, I guess traffic uh, changed up, I guess, but uh, pretty. I think they were at least a couple miles of each other, I yeah. what I've read. I have to tell you this. I mean, I've heard Dead Man's Curve a billion times. I had to play yeah. it as an oldies DJ. I mean, it's you know, it's a legendary song. Even having heard it uh, 10,000 times, when you hear that, you know, that dun, 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 that's still, it's haunting. It really yeah. is. It kind of creeps me out. I'm totally going to play that later. Excellent. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Yeah. All right. There you go. I hadn't even thought about that. That should be the, um, that should be the, the DOA, uh, of the vehicular world. Every time somebody's going on a long car trip, like Scotty going to Lake Billy, should totally be playing Dead Man's Curve. All right. I'm going to get that taken care of during this break. Okay. That's a wrong that we will write on the other side of this. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley at the new news uh, hour. Let's see what else. Later on, Aaron Geek in the city Duran. Not one, but two top fives today. And uh, we'll talk about whatever happened to on the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. off YouTube, of course, uh-huh. and uh, as everything is on YouTube, it's accompanied by a slideshow that the, the whoever uploaded this made of photos that he thought would go along with it, including a whole bunch of photos of the uh, the car accident where, what's his name, uh, Jan Barry, uh, actually on Dead Man's Curve, like suffered brain damage, so that's kind of creepy. Every time they go to the hook, there's just a picture of Jan Barry's car, and then a picture of Jan Barry himself kind of drooling. Oh, wait, here's the chilling spoken section, Dead Man's Curve. Well, the last thing I remember, Doc, I started to swerve, and then I saw the jag slide into the curve. I know I'll never forget that horrible sight. Horrible sight. I guess I found out for myself that everyone was right. Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. 
And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Washington County police say 911 calls started coming in about two men shouting at each other. Then shots rang out. Deputies arrived at the apartment complex this morning near King City. A man was found shot to death. They're talking to a person of interest. And they say they're not looking for anybody else. A person of interest. When do we stop calling suspects suspects and just refer to them as people that we were kind of interested in? Well, it's more PC. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I mean, I'm you know. Well, uh, where where did this happen at? King City. All right. I mean, it's where a lot of old people live. I mean, Norman Fell is a guy I'm kind of interested in. It doesn't necessarily mean that he uh, that he shot somebody. All right. And then uh, somebody gets shot in the face in the southeast, but that's what we expected. <laughs> and would you notice? No. That's all we're spending. Say, this uh, this week's police chase in Southeast is calling attention to what some say is a loophole in the Oregon law. Uh, most traffic offenses are not considered crimes, you know that? So, you as a driver can rack up as many as you want. Uh, the woman involved in the police chase was uh, given 43 tickets for driving without a license, <laughs> yet she continued to do so. Excellent. 24-year-old Kandarine Hudson had also been ticketed for speeding, driving without insurance, failing to report an accident, giving false information... Uh, these are offenses. They're like parking tickets. They're not crimes. So uh, she wasn't arrested. The uh, situation prevents the cops from taking dangerous drivers off the road. They're going to meet in Salem to uh, work out a possible solution that probably won't go into effect for another 30 so if years. You're, if you're an illegal immigrant looking for a new way to, you know, a new, new way to find cheap kicks in the evening, apparently you can just uh, you can just speed with impunity and nothing will happen. Right. All right. Or hit somebody w- with insurance and they'll end up paying. <laughs> Says the voice of experience. Yes. Was that when that was that that escort that you were driving? Was that that uh, that story where the guy that plowed into you had no insurance? No, I plowed in it to them and I did have insurance. <laughs> were they? No, no, in... I, I, I've been plowed into a few times in L.A. Really? And, and, and nine the guy gets out of, out of the car and runs. Huh? That's exactly what happens. Do you have insurance? No, say. And it's run. Running down the Hollywood freeway and I'm sitting there with a dented car. <laughs> and he just come back. Hello. Ah, crap, you know, and then you just realize that you've got... And especially in L.A. where the odds are like one in four that the car's stolen anyway. Right. (laughs) I mean, I had, you know, normal white person's insurance (laughs) that that you're expected to have, and some other people are not. Those are the brakes. They don't like it move. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the way it is. That's the way it was. All right, excellent. Uh, Oh, you know, somebody is stealing... Japanese maple trees out of people's yards. So I'm going to keep a uh, watchful eye on mine. Uh, most recently, a northwest uh, Portland man reported that somebody stole his Japanese maple off his back porch. Now, these are worth some money. Are these not... This isn't like a... They're the cricket trees. They're not like a bonsai tree or something. No, they're... They're, they're like a maple trees. trees. Well, no, they're middle size. They don't grow that tall. All right. Who steals trees? I mean, for what possible reason? To sell them. Apparently, there's some scrapyard. I was just going to say it. Is that I, like when you're done? I got the nice Japanese maple here. <laughs> Is that when you're done turning in your big roll of copper wire yeah, that you yeah, found somewhere? You can't find copper wire. You might as well go <laughs> after people's uh, Japanese maple. And if anyone goes after mine, they'll be held to pay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Japanese maple is an expensive ornamental tree popular in the Northwest. So stop stealing them. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hello there. I just, I'm going to let people think that you're armed to the teeth at that place. What you might be, I don't know. Better just I'm not let... saying. <laughs> I guess there's only one way to find out, uh-huh. thieves. Um, Touch that Japanese maple. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Jerry down at Woodburn. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm Dandy. What's up? How can hey, I help good. you, sir? 
Hey, if you're looking for, like, creepy car crash songs... We are indeed. Dig way back. Country Western, like, in the 60s, probably. There's something like Carroll County Accident. It not only involves a car crash, but it involves some cheating. Uh, excellent. Okay, County County that's, Car that's Accident. That's one Carroll County Accident. All yeah, right. it's, it's weird. I thought you were going for, like, the old wreck of the, uh, the, wreck of the old 97, but that's okay. Uh, Carroll County Car Accident. Not quite that far back. All right, excellent. Uh, it's a good one, though. It'll... Uh, I've You'll written it, it down, sir. All right. Well, if Sarah makes it through the weekend, maybe we'll count these down on Monday. Oh, that'd be a good one. All right. Yeah. Thank you. I'll look it up, too. Thank you, sir. All right, one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, this is a, uh, Long Black Limousine by Elvis Presley. I don't even think, I don't think I know that song. It's a classic. It's just a tragic thing. It's about a girl that gets in a car wreck, and then uh, she comes home and... In a black limousine, but it's a hearse. Actually. Oh, I see. So she comes back home, but she's not driving. Oh, that's depressing. But she gets in a tragic car wreck, and it's like, you know. Is she disfigured? Uh, no, she's dead. Because oh. well. it turns out the limousine <laughs> she comes back to town in yes. is a hearse. Of, of curse. Uh, I'm a sorry. Hearse, that was a, a dumb hearse. rhyme. I was trying to do like a horse of course thing. All right. Long back lim black limousine. Thank you. Yeah. All right. This email says, uh, Rick... When, I mean, if Sarah eats it at the soapbox derby, she can take some comfort in the knowledge that some open casket funerals these days have the corpse face down. You know, just so you know. All what? Right. Um, I'm just reading these as they come in. Rick, I think I just redyed my hair in the back. Don't forget Crawling from the Wreckage by Dame Edmonds or Airbag by Radiohead. What? Be signed, signed, best show ever. Bye, Sarah. Uh, all right, thank, thank you, sir. All right, here's Tim Riley. Okay, this could happen to anybody, and it happened to a 15-year-old schoolboy in Helsinki, Finland. He posted a video on YouTube showing a karaoke performance by his teacher and claiming she was a lunatic. Uh, he's been fined for calling her a lunatic, and he has to pay uh, $2,200 in euros and court costs. He made the video of the teacher who sing karaoke at his school party. He admitted posting the video on YouTube. He said it was a prank, but he didn't mean to insult the teacher. You know, he was probably he... right, though. Well... It said the teacher was in a mental institution and questioned the teacher's mental state, causing her to suffer anxiety, depression, and insomnia. It was much more than 600 times. It was called Karaoke of the Mental Hospital. <laughs> Those witty young adolescents. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, I had some observation I was going to make about... Oh, here it is. Here's a question about euros. So what is the deal with euros and pounds? Well, a pound is the uh, the monetary system of... England. Is this like UK. a? Is this like how? Um, uh, like the United a States. A pound is worth about fifty cents. Is this like how the U.S. though is the only country that has yet to adopt the metric system? Is it like? Is it that everybody in Europe uses the euro no, except everybody. for the U.K.? Oh, oh, only members of the EU. And and Britain is not a member of the EU. They the are, EU? but they refuse to use it. Why? Just to be difficult? Well, the Queen's picture is on all their money, <laughs> so they got to use it up first. We get all this Queen money we have to get rid of first, and then all right. So remember when you go there and you go to an ATM and you're taking out twenty, you're taking out twenty pounds now, which is about forty bucks. Okay, so do American. I do I double the pounds to uh, come up with the dollars? Just to be on the safe side. Anyway. All right, okay. It may be a little less. Well, here's okay. Two questions then, uh, because everybody on this program is a world traveler uh, except for myself. Kristen, have you ever been to uh, Have you been to Europe, Kristen, or or you know any any part thereof? Just so I know, because I I want to know kind of where where I stand. Okay, no, just Canada. All right, okay. Oh, you could have gotten in good with that British reporter by talking about British things. You know, when I completely blew it to us talking to Rachel, and, uh, There's you your know, big chance. Yeah, and I'll, you know, so I, I completely, uh, completely just ate it there. So, my question is, A, so my ATM 
uh, card will work in Europe? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of freaky. ATMs are everywhere. No, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'm not. it, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, now that I think you'll about it. Little, I never would have thought about you'll it. You'll notice little symbols on your debit card when you look at it that you'll finally see they represent different banking, um, like, institutes in England. You know why that is? World bankers, Tim. Well, it's better than going back in the days when you had to find the Thomas Cook window and trade in your cash. Uh, and my second question is this, is... Yes, yeah, so, so, see the star thing? Yeah. That's that's where you can bank in. Right. Is, is, do they charge you like $900 in fees, too? Is it they yep. just screw you? All right. And secondly, but you are getting the best exchange rate. What do you suppose uh, What do you suppose the deal with my telephone is going to be my cell phone? Is that going to work? Well, it's probably not going to work, do you think? I'm mm-hmm. not sure on that. I wonder if I'll, have to get, if I'll have to get like one of those disposable cell phones when I get over there. Why do you want like a cell phone on vacation? Well, you can use my Vodafone. I have it at my apartment. What is a Vodafone? Vodafone's a Vodafone sounds like some ancient device from 1870. One of those Watson, come here. Now you think of a Vitaphone. Isn't that isn't that the thing that Lucy sold? No, that was that, that was Vitamin Benjamin. Vitamin Benjamin. We're just there lost like inside a maze of pop culture references here. Four different discussions going on here at once. So no, my question is, I'm not going to give anybody the cell phone number, but I'm saying. It seems like it might be a good thing to have in case of an emergency, in case I am attacked by a large plesiosaur while out skiffing on Loch Ness. Yes, uh, in other words, I'm not, I'm not that anybody here can find me. I mean, screw that. Uh, but just in case we're somewhere... I have only called you like three times in the past five years. <laughs> I don't even think I have your phone number, Tim. It's not really... Mine? Yeah. Oh, you don't need to find me anymore. <laughs> you don't need to see my identification. It's not uh, for you guys. It's really just like so... I guess I'm not going to give anybody here the number of the cell phone if I get it because, like, let's, for example, let's just speak plainly. Like, if the station just goes off the air or becomes Spanish or something while I'm gone, just wait till I get back to tell me. I don't need to know that. If they fire me while I'm on vacation, let me know when I get back. Don't need to know while I'm while I'm in Europe. Just follow the trail of tears. <laughs> um, but you know. If we're in Europe somewhere and then we're uh, savaged by a biker gang or something by the side of the road, it might be nice to have a cell phone so we can call the, uh, you know, the, the the police or whatever. I so I guess maybe I'll just have to buy one of those like prepaid cell phones or something. Yeah, do that. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, here's something else for the kids. Manhunt 2, a violent video game that was barred from popular gaming Woo! systems, will be sold in U.S. after a modified version has been given a mature rating. The U.S. Entertainment Software Ratings Board, whoever they may be, had previously given the game an adults-only rating. Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo did not allow adult-only titles on their consoles. The game is made by Take-Two Interactive Software and features an insane asylum escapee brutally killing his enemies. Excellent. With an axe. It'll be here in time for Halloween. Yeah, no, it's a great... I mean, here... It's it, a great game. It, <laughs> buy one for all of your children. It's it's a great example, though, of how I don't care about stuff until they tell me I can't have it. Um, I've never played Manhunt 1. I don't really know anything about Manhunt 2. All I know is is that the ratings board told Rockstar Games, who I think are the distributors here in America, that they couldn't market it. They said, like, no, we, we give it an adult. You are forbidden to sell this anywhere. Like, they, no one would agree to carry it, and the game was effectively banned and just put back in the vault forever. And so everybody immediately wanted to buy it and play it once we were told we couldn't have it. So when it comes out, it's going to be a bestseller just because they because there was this whole six month uh, tango they had to do about whether they were going to get it released or not. All right, here's Tim Riley. Apparently, the White House has a new spokesman, and they don't even bother to introduce these people anymore. They just happen to show up, so like third man from left. Uh, this guy is uh, Gordon John First, I've heard of him. Uh, wait until September, says Gordon John That's the White House line amid growing calls for U.S. troop withdrawals from Iraq. 
He's uh, waiting until the Bush administration rolls out the long-anticipated progress report for Iraq next month. The most important thing is to wait for General Petraeus and Ambassador Crocker to return from Crocker. Baghdad and make the report to Congress, the President, and the American people. And after that, the President will then make his own report to Congress. I don't know where these guys are always recorded, but all of these speeches sound like they're taking place while they're guiding you through the Louvre. You know what I mean? Every one of the, And if you look on the left, you will be able to see the Mona Lisa, which some believe is a secret self-portrait of Leonardo da Vinci. They all have that weird echoing off the marble wall sound. Uh, the president will listen to recommendations, but he's playing yeah, down I'm Sen sure. Senator Warner's remarks. You yeah. know, I disagree with the notion of, of waning support. I don't think that Senator Warner's position on Iraq has substantially changed regarding support for the mission in Iraq. So it's not even, it's not Tony Snow, it's not even Dana Perino anymore. No. It's just like some guy. Yeah. It's, it's some red shirt that they're just, it's Ensign, Ensign Smith, descending down to the uh, to the tentacle acid planet. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, whoever you might be. Oh, this is Steve. Hello. How are you? I'm Dandy, what's up? Oh, I have, a, I have a song, I don't know if you mentioned it, but Leader of the Pack has a great wreck part of it. Yeah, and it's not technically a car crash, I think it's a motorcycle it's crash, a motorcycle. but we would, we would, yeah, we would accept that. It's got the look out, look out, look out. And also, hey, um, tomorrow at the Soapbox Derby, yeah. uh, I just want to let everyone know that hay bales are not good places to sit with your little children. They're put there for a reason, especially on the outside of curves. The hay bales are for horses. Yeah, just... Pigs just... don't eat it because they don't know how. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so surprised people like Park, you know, decided it's a good place to have a picnic on the outside of any curve with their kids. You know, it's like... I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, well, you know, the, these are people with kids. And the, I was going to say, their, their brains have turned into mush. It's one big Darwin watch up there. Yeah, it's true. It really is. All right, um, all right there you go. Thank you. No, children are from heaven, and some of them seem determined to get back there as soon as possible. The hay bales well, are... being in a better place. I believe the things that the cars are supposed to crash into if they lose control. Sort of like those sand pits on the downhill slopes that, uh, you know, on Oregon Road sometimes that the semis are supposed to... Uh... Who pays for this? I have no... For the soapbox derby? Yeah. Hey, do you have to pay to enter? Yeah, we have to pay. Oh, well, there you go. So Sarah's paying. The so, so we pay the entrance fees? fees, and the entrance fees that we... Uh, it's 100 bucks a team. Oh, so okay. the entrance fees that we pay cover the costs of, like, renting the permit for the park and um, all kinds of other things. We'll be paying it. her hospital bills and rehabilitation costs, but she's paying for the actual race. That's understandable. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, getting back to the Iraq thing, well, there may be a very good reason for violence being down. According to this new graph, everyone in Iraq is leaving to go to other countries. <laughs> Excellent. Look at millions of people leaving Iraq. <laughs> Fantastic. So there'll be no one left to blow into bits. Uh, let's see. More than a million Iraqis have left since February 2006. Nearly 71% of them uh, after the bombing of a Shiite shrine and assorted uh, violence. Right now, people are just hiding behind matchsticks. <laughs> <laughs> They're tying matchsticks together and hiding behind them. They're also large rocks that have been blown up. So uh, that's that. Oh, and cinder blocks if they can find them. You know, the president's going to be in Seattle next Monday. We anticipate that Monday afternoon traffic will be heavily impacted by a uh, visit from uh, President Bush. Uh, why is the president coming to Seattle? He will be making an appearance here uh, with a campaign event for Congressman Reichert, and it's going to jam up both 405 and uh, downtown traffic. That sounds like when I was like five years old and I would record myself pretending to be a radio host and do a Radio Shack microphone while mm -hmm. sitting under my bed or something. It's close to the same thing. Uh, Barack Obama apparently says, um, too many times. And people are recording it and making fun of him. 
Here is uh, one incident on the Larry King show where he said the word ah uh, five times in 15 seconds. Let's listen. Uh, if if I ever decide to run for president, uh, I'll hold a press conference and I'll announce I'm running for president. Uh, until then, uh, you know, th this is mostly just chatter, and, and most of my focus right now uh, has been on finishing this book. I believe that's feigned casualness he's doing there. Have you? Did you go to the Drudge Report today? Did you see that that Ted Nugent thing? No, I have not. I don't think we can play it on the air. Pretty sure it's full of profanity. Uh, but Ted Nugent, about three or four days ago, it's really hard to tell with that guy when the act sort of ends and when he is just an authentically crazy person. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, look, I grew up in the uh, in the the seventies and the eighties. I'm a, you know I'm a casual fan of Ted Nugent's music. He does seem like a colorful individual. Uh, we had him on the show. I don't know a couple of years ago, and oh, he was yeah, he's a great interview because you don't really have to do any work. Like you don't even really have to be in the room. It's just sort of a, uh, and Ted Nugent, hi. And then you can just get coffee for five or six minutes while he rants about liberals and, and you know, the EPA. So uh, there's some speech that he did. Speech is putting it, that's actually giving more smoothness to it than it really deserves. There was some onstage meltdown he had. Um, and I'm unclear about how often these things happen with him. But um, that somebody captured on their phone where he is holding, I swear to God, a machine gun in each hand. And he's this is Ted Nugent saying this, not me, by the way. This is uh, this is not not my statement. This is the statement of You're Ted Nugent. You're relaying the, the words of somebody else. I am relaying. I am paraphrasing here the words of Ted Nugent in this clip that is on the Drudge Report. Mm -hmm. But he has a machine gun in each hand, and I think like a bow and arrow strapped to his waist, like which is I, I guess the law with that guy when he when he leaves the house, it's like federally mandated that he be that he have some sort of a bow hunting device strapped to, like right around his groin. Yeah. But. He's like going that, on this fellow uh, dog, the bounty hunter. He's going on this big rant about uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And I think at one point he threatens to machine gun Barack Obama to death, <laughs> which is just sort of like off the charts crazy, even for that guy. And then I think he issues some similar statement about Hillary Clinton. And I'm not entirely sure, but I think that might, in fact, be a federal offense. Mm -hmm. uh, because Hillary Clinton, certainly, and, and Barack Obama, certainly, are federal employees, and they are both announced candidates for president. So... I think it might actually be, what's that word, illegal uh, to, to talk about machine gunning uh, a federal official or a candidate for the office of the presidency. Well, Hillary will, Hillary will have him killed anyway. Well, that's the thing. is Hillary will have anybody taken care of that displeases her or gets in her way. I mean, she really is... She really is like the what's it? She's like the White Witch, you know, from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There's just no getting around that fact. Reminds me of the time I saw Nugent in concert in like '91, and the concert. I think he got arrested for this actually because he was violating fire codes or something. He was on stage, and this is right during the first Gulf War, and he had this this mammoth uh, this mammoth sort of mannequin. Of uh, of Saddam Hussein, and he was shooting flaming, exploding arrows into its crotch all night long, which I think actually ended up being in violation of some local sort of on-stage safety code. So I think he got handcuffed after the show. But that's on uh, DrudgeReport.com. Uh, you should go check that out. Here's Tim Riley. All right, I will. Uh, what do you know about baggy britches? An Atlanta uh, Atlanta City Congressman wants to ban certain sagging pants. Councilman C. T. Marlin says uh, these baggy britches are an epidemic around the country. Martin is a college recruitment consultant. He says his proposed ordinance targets young men who wear their pants low up their hips, exposing two pairs of boxer shorts. And at least one man disagrees with this proposal. Leave the kids alone. This is America. And I think we should uh, wear our clothes the way we want. So there. Well, okay. Uh, Stephen Colbert is a free man once again. The host of Comedy Central's Colbert Report had his uh, famous wrist cast removed last night in front of a live studio audience. The ever-so-jovial comedian pretended to writhe in pain 
as the uh, cast was being removed. However, it was evident that he was more than happy with the results. All right, if anybody is a fan of, of Stephen Colbert, which, by the way, I do have to sort of give props to that guy because I didn't think that Colbert report show would last. I really didn't. Not that he's not funny. He really is. Mm-hmm. But I did not think he would be able to maintain that persona for so long, and I thought it would wear kind of thin. I thought that, you know, it's sort of like double stuff Oreos, which seemed like a really good idea because everybody likes the uh, cream in the middle of Oreos. Mm, it's not cream, it's lard. Who doesn't? Animal fat. It, it's, sugar, <laughs> it's sugared lard, though, Tim. And in America, well, that's the, best kind. the people heartily embrace that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't eat Oreos anymore exactly for that reason, because it, it, it's like my thing with donuts. If you go about a year and don't have Oreos, the next time you try to eat them, they're going to make you hurl. Uh, and I ate more than my share of those as a kid, but, man, you try to eat those if you haven't had one for, like, a good seven, eight, nine months, and it's just going to fill you with the urge to vomit. So, But if you remember when you were a kid and you would see those double-stuffed Oreos, and it just seemed like the greatest idea on earth, and you get about three deep into that package of double-stuffed Oreos, and you would realize that really it was... Just more sugared lard than really you needed. And I thought that that was going to be the deal with Stephen Colbert, that that character was, worked well in small doses on The Daily Show, but that it wouldn't work as a standalone program, and it really has. I will, however, say this. Having just recently watched the first uh, season of The West Wing again, courtesy of CD Game Exchange, five locations in Portland, one near you, if you go back and you watch the early seasons of The West Wing, you will see, and I think this is obvious if you go back and you watch it, that Stephen Colbert's persona is taken, I won't say stolen, but is modeled almost wholly on the character of Sam Seaborn as played by Rob Lowe in The West Wing. So the next time you, next time you go back and you watch an old-school episode of The West Wing, um, which does predate, I believe, Stephen Colbert as a sort of full-time reporter on The Daily Show, I'm pretty sure that Colbert's persona was taken from, taken from The West Wing. So there's a little food for that. Go back and, uh, you go back and investigate that. Let's see, we've got more car crash songs here. Rick? How about Transfusion by Nervous Norvis? Man, I haven't even thought about that song forever. That was a thing that used to get played on the Demento show constantly, Transfusion. Uh, how about that Red So Vine song about a hitchhiker who was later revealed as the ghost of a trucker who jackknifed into a snowbank? Tim, do you remember that? Don't remember that one. Oh, Phantom, 10, Phantom 309. That's what it's called. I, we probably don't have that here. That's one of Red Sovine's many uh, famous trucking anthems. I think it's called Phantom 309. Not to be confused with the Ghost of Flight 409 starring, uh, starring Ernest Borgnine. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about that astronaut in diapers. Orlando Police Detective Chris Becton was on the witness stand this morning talking about his interview with ex-astronaut Lisa Nowak that took place just hours after she allegedly confronted a romantic rival in an airport parking lot Becton said after a search of Nowak's car turned up diapers, he felt that a child may have been involved. Seeing the used diapers and then the unused uh. diapers, I was in fear that we were missing a child. So what did you do? I asked her where the kid was. And what, if anything, did she say? She responded there was no kid. He testified to what happened after he found used diapers. <laughs> okay. Question answered. In the astronaut's car. And I asked her why, where the used diapers come from. And what, if anything, did she tell you? Come from she heaven. She said that she used the diapers in order to pee so that she didn't have to make as many stops. All right. Prosecutor Pamela Davis asked Orlando Police Detective Chris Becton if Lisa Nowak was aware of her rights. At any time did she request an attorney? No, ma'am, she did not. Okay. Did she ever use words such as, I want a lawyer? No, ma'am. All right. 
So there you go. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Let's take a break here. We'll come back more around the uh, corner. Also coming up today, not one but two top fives. We have Kristen Bowie's top five underrated musical acts and Aaron Duran's top five lyricless TV theme songs. Uh, Also, uh, like us, Flash Friday at 3 o'clock, Donna Mike at 7, and so forth. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Microphone taken away from me for not thinking of this last night. I know. So sad that, I mean, I'm glad the audience is chipping in. It's just sad that I have to have them do my work because I, it never even occurred to me last night to do this. Who was the guy that did this? Frank something or other? Jay Frank Wilson. Jay Frank Wilson. Morbid song. This came out uh, during that trend of death songs, like Patches came out. Tell Laura I Love Her. Uh-huh. That's another one. Yep. It's 503-733-2970. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I don't know what point you're talking about, Sarah. Uh, Rick, yesterday I forgot to mention there's a second private after-party for Soapbox participants. It's being held in the ICU. Again, good luck, Sarah. See you tomorrow or maybe in the great hereafter. Uh, and, uh... Oh, everyone's a jokester. Finally this, Rick. Not sure if you remembered Leader of the Pack, yes, or Transfusion. Again, the second, that's the great second email for that. Transfusion for Nervous Norvis. Good luck, Sarah. Take as many out with you as possible. Signed, Glenn. Here's Tim <laughs> Riley. Well, this is sad, uh... A Fox television series has been canceled after only one airing. Anchor Woman has been canceled. The debut of, of uh, Lauren Jones' attempt to turn herself into a news anchor for a Texas TV station to a scant 2.7 million viewers. Scant 2.0 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> shut up. You shut up with your fake laugh over there. That was funny. Now, Jones was a Barker <laughs> beauty on The Price is Right. Is she that was true? Miss New York. Yeah, she oh, was I Miss New York. I didn't know that. She was a WWE diva. Before they put her into the newsroom of KYXT in uh, Tyler, Texas. So I, I was just looking at their website, and the general manager in the series is no longer there, but they still have Stormy the Weather Dog. <laughs> and every time you cook Stormy's picture, every time you... Really? I'm sorry, can you do that? Can you just redo that whole thing again? You want me to do the just whole thing? Start at, no, just start with me, but they still have Stormy the Weather Dog. All right, hang on here. I gotta wait till Stormy you recuse, I guess. But they still have Stormy the Weather Dog. I love this show. Now, notice, if, if you point your pointer to any of the news team, none of them speak, except for Stormy. See? Point there, point there, nothing. Then hit Stormy. Fantastic. Stormy's the only one on Stormy the... Stormy looks just like Muppet. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay, you've got to check this out. Like a, like a it's Stormy the Weather Dog. Muppet. Oh, totally. How great is that? She, looks like it's Sarah a sad Stormy. story with a happy ending about Stormy the Weather Dog. Is Stormy dead? 
Is no. Stormy dead but lives on through the magic of a Java app? Stormy was rescued after being found alongside the road. Aww. If the weather dog is wearing a sweater, viewers know what's in store for them. Cool weather. If Stormy is dressed in a parka, uh, those tuning in will know it's time to bundle up. But they're in Texas. Okay. Uh, Stormy is on the 6, 10, and 11 news. I wonder what the dog labor rules are. Stormy's wearing, a, uh, Stormy's wearing a flak jacket. It means that Janet Reno is in power again. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening on this program sometimes. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Please, for the love of God. Hi. Hello. Hi. What's happening? Hey, well, we're listening to a dog. Tell us about the weather, sir. <laughs> hey, um, I heard you mentioned uh, your violence channel idea yeah. briefly a while ago. Yes. Have you seen the movie uh, Idiocracy with Luke Wilson? I have indeed. Ow, my balls. <laughs> I was just wondering if that was an original idea or not. Uh, well, I had the idea years ago, years and years and years uh -huh. ago, for a, a thing called the Violence Channel. Uh, I don't know what, well, I can't remember the name of the network they have in Idiocracy. I just remember that show, the Al My Balls show. I don't remember what the name of the channel is. Um, it's, it is the Violence Channel. Is it just called the Violence Channel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm not, I mean, clearly I never did anything with it, and I'm obviously not the only one to have come up with the idea. I mean, really, there's a lot of channels in this country that are the Violence Channel. They're just not labeled that. Um, the Violence Network, the Violence Channel, something like that. Um, I had this whole grand idea, and like it was just, like one show would just be car crashes. One show would just be like, I had the idea because a friend of mine, at a uh, uh, like a Comic Con, he went to a comic book convention and he actually bought this videotape that was just two and a half hours of Jackie Chan fight sequences from all of his overseas films. All of the plot edited out, and it was just two and a half hours of Jackie Chan like beating ass on these guys. And I thought I would watch. A, that was exactly the moment of the genesis. I'm like, like I would watch a whole network of this. And I, you know, and then we were like, yeah, one hour would just be Jackie Chan. One hour would be car crashes. One hour would just be guys being punched in the face. And then of course Mike Judge did it. Like like way better than I I had ever thought about that, but you know it'll happen though. And you I'll gotta be... go claim rights to that. No, it'll it'll totally exist. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that there isn't an internet channel, you know, about that. I, I would be amazed actually if you were to go to YouTube and type in "Ow my balls," if you weren't just to see an endless uh, panoply of guys getting kicked right in the store. I mean, it would surprise me. All right. Congra congratulations, you're contributing to the down the downfall of society's intelligence. Thank just you, like sir. That, Joe. I try to I try to do my <laughs> hey. part. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes? What time is the soapbox derby tomorrow? Starts at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. with. Do so you want to be there earlier because the grass like up near all the cars fills up pretty quick? 10 a.m. with viewing at 2 p.m. Sir, uh, we've got here the. Um, this is the RFD TV program schedule. Tim, did you pull this? I did. This is the. Uh, this is the network that hey, I. Hey, you just joined us. Imus is making his TV return. And it's going to be on the RFD channel for Labor Day special filmed at the Armist Ranch. Now, featuring the Big Joe Polka Show. And of all, all, all the authors he got, apparently he chose this one to be the best. Thursday at 9 a.m., it's Training Mules and Donkeys. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Wednesday. <laughs> That's our end of show cut, by the way. Um, let's see. Wednesday at 6 a.m., Little Britches Rodeo. The Porter Wagner Show, Extreme Cowboy Race 4. And then the, the, Tim pointed out the weirdest thing, which is Tuesdays at 3 a.m., Ralph Emery, quote, live. Live. And so I'm unclear about whether the quotes are because Ralph Emery himself is actually dead or whether because the show is delayed broadcast from somewhere. What is it? What is that show that, see, because I thought that Ralph Emery was still doing that show on country music television, that Nashville Now show. Uh, that although, was three, two pays ago. 
He really does. He, you know what he does? What he looks like? Ralph Emery looks like a really poor man's twangy sort of James Cameron. Um, I used to watch that show all the time when I was a kid. I don't, I don't exactly know why either. I mean, it's not like I was a huge country music fan. But growing up, I would watch Nashville Now with Ralph Emery just for hours and be spellbound by it for some reason. And he had a weekly radio show. Is that, that true? That was Barter, yeah. Did it, it come on vinyl? It came on vinyl. Excellent. All right, here's Tim Riley. So, uh, well, HBO appears to be in trouble. They, they just can't come up with a hit show lately. As a matter of fact, they turned down the best one out. Matt Weiner who was one of the longtime writers on The Sopranos, is also one of the writers on Mad Men. So yep. he pitched the show to HBO, and they never got back to them. He also pitched it to Showtime. Again, the answer was no. That's how it ended up on AMC. Now, that I, was the third choice. And it was on last night. I actually haven't watched last night's episode. I yet. won't ruin it for you. I okay. Watched. Is it good? Yes. All right. <laughs> it's outstanding. Okay. I know that there's some sort of nymphomania or something. Uh, in last night's episode, but I have not watched it yet. You know who's great on Mad Men, apart from everybody? It's all—it's obviously that that guy who plays Donald Sloan, who is the the weird and great thing about that guy who plays Don Sloan on Mad Men, which is really a great show. You really ought to be watching it if you're not. He is so reminiscent of so many other people. I mean, he kind of looks like uh, uh, Christian Bale, who plays, plays Batman, who played uh, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. He also... Kind of looks like a um, like Mandy Patinkin a little bit, sort of like a more attractive version, like a more streamlined version of Mandy Patinkin. If you were to make him taller and it is, I don't know, just make him a little, uh, I don't know, make him make him a little more fifties looking. He looks a lot like that guy. So he's really an amazing character. But the other woman who's great on that show, the other person who's great, is that woman in the office who is sort of. She is the sort of she's the very tall, very kind of voluptuous secretary who is always helping the new girl, but is sort of evil at the same time. Well, last night's episode featured her. Really? Mm-hmm. She's a pretty great character because you never really know where she's coming from. Oh, you'll see where she goes. Fantastic. <laughs> Listen to that. That was like a little. We just did like a little alley oop kind of television promo there. That was. Uh, we should go on. Apparently, there's some openings of coin. We should go audition to see if we can uh, get on the air over there. We should officially make him our new our new sidekick on the show. <laughs> What's his name? Scrappy? Stormy? Stormy. Stormy. Stormy should officially become a part of the Rick Emerson show. We should tender a job offer to Stormy and see if he'd like to join us here on the uh, on the program. He can bark once for yes and, and twice for no and three times for like ow my balls and you know whatever. Be be a huge um be a huge hit. All right, here's Tim Riley. Also, that guy on uh, John from Cincinnati who hangs around with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal get arrested for drunk driving. Well, what's he going to do now? I mean, that, that show's gone. He's not hanging around with anybody these days. Well, he'll get an hour in jail, and that'll be it. All right. Uh, what are teenagers up to today, you ask? Well, the New Jersey teen claims he has broken the lock, tying Apple's iPhone to the AT&T wireless system. Mm-hmm. 17-year-old George Holtz has posted his method on his blog. It requires skill with software and soldering. He says it takes about two hours to do. The only major U.S. carrier apart from AT&T that's compatible with the iPhone technology is the T-Mobile network. But breaking the lock does open up the iPhone for use on the networks of some overseas carriers. The modification leaves intact some of the iPhone's functions, including a built-in camera and the ability to access Wi-Fi networks. The only thing that won't work is the visual voicemail feature, which shows voice messages as if they're incoming email. He has collaborated online with four other people, people two of them in Russia. Well, at least Russians can do something. Uh, AT&T and Apple have uh, not responded to phone calls. Hey, did you see this thing about the radio guy who lied about having Lou Gehrig's disease? Oh, yeah, I have that here. What, did we, it doesn't say what company he worked for. Uh, let me look here. 
I was looking, but this was sent to us. Uh, I don't know where, where you saw it from. This was sent to us from um, Chad. Uh, Chad sent us this story, one of the many Chads. I think this is from Kentucky. Yeah, this is uh, Rick. Uh, this is worse than that Sacramento Enterkill story. Uh, as heard on the Donna Mike show last night, check out this uh, story. And this is the he story. He claimed he had Lou Gehrig's disease and cancer. Boy, that's just the lowest. Claiming you have Lou Gehrig's disease, that's just the lowest of the low right there. And he spent $120,000 in contributions on himself. And at restaurants, casinos, and what they're euphemistically calling novelty stores. Mm -hmm. Former Louisville radio personality Todd Kelly, that's a fake radio name, pled guilty in federal court Tuesday to charges he faked Lou Gehrig's disease and cancer, then stole $150,000 donated to a foundation in his name. Listen to this. He has one... His real name is just as bad. Listen to this. Todd Kelly, real name Todd Smith. I mean, seriously, if you're going to change your name from Todd Smith... Why would you pick something that sounds just as fake? Uh, admitted guilt Tuesday, Tuesday to mail and wire fraud as well as money laundering. He's expected to receive a seven-year federal prison term. There's some wacky, uh, there's some wacky pre-recorded morning show bit I could do there about about like a zany DJ being in prison. About a whole lot of you know. Coming up later on this morning, there's going to be an assault in the shower room. Also, uh, we'll have our shanking at 820 plus. It's what am I hiding in my anus? <laughs> I know it's wrong to laugh at our own material, but come on. Christ, that's funny. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Let's see. Uh, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, I see there's a little bit of uh, audio humor on the other end. Hi. I wonder if this is the extent of the joke. What are they doing? All right, I guess it's DOA. Hello? All right. Yes, I appreciate that. All right, let's just go. No, I was wondering if he was actually going to... Thank you. Bye. It just says on the phone, David wants to talk about soapbox derby. All right, thank you. Uh, let's see. Rick, didn't K2 used to have a weather cat? That's not true, did they? I don't know. I never watched. No. <laughs> no, not, not even when we worked with them. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, meanwhile, uh, CBS is strongly denying allegations that its upcoming reality show, Kid Nation, violated New Mexico child labor laws and put any of its youthful participants in any danger during production. Uh, yesterday, their attorney general's office said in light of the controversy around the show, it is reviewing the complaints raised by a parent actually signed their kid up for this and complained afterwards. Uh, we're in the process of reviewing all the information. The show took 40 kids, ages 8 and 15, and, and put them in a ghost town to fend for themselves. Then I guess they all came out alive, so what's the complaint? And they all got 5000 bucks. So shut your holes and quit your whining. So much for that. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, three life sentences. That's a sentence handed to 72-year-old James Ford Steele, a Klansman. Found guilty in June of two counts of kidnapping and conspiracy in the May 1964 abduction and slayings of two black teenagers in Mississippi. The punishment was announced in uh, Jackson this morning. 
It uh, was uh, 43 years ago that the two 19-year-old victims of the kidnappings were abducted near Meanville, uh, beaten and tossed into the Mississippi where they were found drunk two weeks ago. There later. really is something deeply satisfying about those old guys that think they've gotten away with it for like, you know, 30 years, and then they just get nailed right at the end, right when they can right when they can just see, like, you know, just see the, the finish line of getting away with it their whole life, and they get stuck right into some maximum security prison where they're just going to be beaten senseless every day. That is just immensely gratifying to me. Uh, let's see. And you can tell by looking at him, and he's just a dick. He just has it coming. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, Chris Sneathan, how the heck are you? Hey, Chris Sneathan uh, from OnTheVig.com. Is that right? OnTheVig.com. Very well. Uh, Very good. Excellent. See, you tell me I don't retain. What's up? Back in the day, K2 did have Bob the Weather Cat. What did Bob the Weather Cat... Was it a real cat, or was it like a picture of a cat? It was a, a real honest-to-God cat dressed in real honest-to-God clothes. I think viewers actually sent in. Really? And so what did Bob the Weather Cat do? Hung out. Bit the weatherman in the knee? <laughs> caused him to draw blood? No, he, 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 it was the same sort of thing as Stormy the Weather Dog. That Bob, you know, would wear galoshes or whatever. Oh, God. Very, he was a... Sunglasses... Very calm cat. You know, most cats aren't into wearing clothes or collars or leashes or anything like that, but this one seemed to do okay, and yeah, he was on there for four or five years. It's hard to believe that people don't take the broadcast media seriously Maybe here in America. Maybe that's what do. Just put a cat at the anchor desk and put a camera on it for half an hour. See if, see if anybody would notice. Yeah. What is this? Well, it's a still shot of some goldfish. There you go. Fantastic. And then just run a crawl down at the bottom. And you don't have to give the goldfish benefits either. You know what I mean? That's right. I love that. Yeah, they work all week. They don't ask for anything. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Rick. Good friend Chris Neathan from onthevig.com. That's vig like big, uh, dot com. All right, uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, a Texas cop is accused of giving a young lady a swat on her bare naked behind while questioning her. Officer Craig Mora allegedly caught the 18-year-old with her boyfriend having sex in the back of the car and began an interrogation. The woman was half naked and caught, and she said she was uh, questioned, and then he slapped her in the naked rear end. He's being investigated now with the accusation that he was using official oppression. He's been giving a uh, desk job in the meantime. Hey, by the way, hey, K he, the, the Bob the Weather Cat or whatever his name is actually has his own website. No. Wait, hold on. They still have it? I'm looking here. Bob the Weather Cat. Uh, let's see. Somebody has sent me this. Uh, somebody has sent me this uh, link to the webpage. Apparently, oh, this is look. I don't even like cats, and this is sad. Bob just dressed up in all kinds of all kinds of hideous outfits. There's something really wrong with that. There really is, and there's something just I must see it. Goddamn, people are stupid. Uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can get this to. Um... All right. Well, I'm gonna have to let this queue up. But look, there's all these photos of Bob. Bob dressed in all kinds of demeaning little outfits that the audience would send in. Okay, there is. I don't even know what the, the audience would dress the cat. Well, I guess the audience would send clothing in, and then they would dress Bob up in like your outfit. Like I guess that was the interesting. Oh, and Bob's dead, by the way. Died in 1993. Apparently, they replaced him for a while with a copycat named Tom. But people were not cool. Is that me? Wait, no. What is that? Is that me? That must be me. All right. Um, so, anyway, so, yeah, I guess the deal is that they would, the, the, the viewers would look at this, and apparently having nothing else going on in their meaningless existences would send clothing. Imagine that's your life. What are you doing? Well, I'm... It's on their resume. Knitting some clothing to send into a cat who's on television. Uh, and or Scotty I, J would be in charge of dressing the cat. Yeah, of course. Let's see. Um, Rick, um, I worked with a guy a few years ago who owned Bob the Weather Cat. 
Oh, oh apparently he was owned by David Apple, who was at one time the weather guy for K2. All right. Well, there you go. So uh, Mr. Apple was fired and the cat stayed? <laughs> Probably. He was given the option of staying to do his evening news, though. How cool is that that Ed Whalen stayed to do his evening news after having been fired, though? I mean, you know, you got to give it up for that guy. I don't know if I'd do that or not. I mean, really, let's be honest. If they came and they fired me halfway through today's show... And they said, look, you can stay and finish it. Well, of course they wouldn't. Who am I kidding? They would never give me that option. I've done that before. Really? Have you? you yeah. You've known? I mean, I've only done that the one time, and I didn't even really have the gig. It was just that audition story that I've told. When did that happen to you, that you were fired, and then they let you come back on the air in radio? Yeah. That's astounding. I was told it was my last night. Well, it was the overnight show. What could I possibly do? Well, you could go on the air and use profanity and, uh, and uh, I don't know, set fire to things. I suppose I could have. But I I, how did that happen? Okay, what format was that? A country. And so how did it happen? When? How did the firing take place when you came into work that night? Well, let's see here. I, I was uh, given a phone call before I went on the air and told, oh, Tim, this sucks. This really, oh, really sucks. Oh, did they give you a lot of lead up? No, he they... wasn't there. Oh. The PD was not there. <laughs> oh, so wait, so did the, did the person right. who broke it to you assume you already knew? Well, I kind of knew ahead of time because I accidentally... Found some liners for an all-night oh, show. Oh, no. Oh. Blair Gardner or something? Yep. Was, was it Blair Gardner? It was Blair Gardner. Blair Gardner, which uh, I I get, uh, I don't even think that's on here. It used to be on in the market, but I don't think it is now. But it's a country, it's a syndicated overnight show. Yeah. Um, that sucks. That sucks so, so badly. You saw the liners Gardner for your liners. <laughs> you and it happened after, the call came right after I saw that. So you saw the liners for your replacement show. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sucks. And then, so it, then you went into work, and then... I, how, I was in work when this happened. Okay. And so then, you so you're doing the shift knowing that you're, it's probably your last night. Mm-hmm. And then when, I knew it was my last night. When was it officially broken to you? It was before the show. Oh, really? So the, it was, was it the PD? Yeah, he called me. Oh, and he fired you over the phone? Yeah, he said he wanted to be there. But, uh, but I'd love to be there, but I'm at home with my shoes off, and it just seems like a lot of work. So, uh, But I noticed him looking for a job on the uh, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters website. Fantastic. He's, gonna... he's in Idaho. No, he's in Billings, Montana now, so good for you. <laughs> Enjoy your time in Billings. Good luck getting out of Billings. That must really, really suck for you. <laughs> Sometimes dreams do come true, Peter. Oh, that's excellent. That is fantastic. I don't think that's ever happened to me, except for uh, when that guy told me halfway through my audition that there was no point in coming back. That's pretty day. close, though. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, it's bad enough that's not even your own town. When it was no, and about. that he only needed a day. Not even a day. It was like a three-hour morning show. I did the 6 to 9 show on a Thursday and a Friday. And it was at about 8 o'clock on the first day, so about literally halfway through the first of a two-day audition. Which, And the weird thing about that is, it, it, that's another one of the... Well, radio is just so effed. Radio just... I mean, look, I, you know, we all love working in radio. That's why we're here. But goddamn, radio sucks in a whole lot of ways. Because I was... I mean, this is not sort of retrofitting in my head. Like, I was auditioning for the gig, and yet the guy who had that job was just on vacation, or so he thought. I mean, if I had done... So I sucked, apparently, which is why they told me halfway through the audition just not to come back the next day. But um, 
which I did anyway, by the way, because they because they had uh, we had had an agreement that they were going to pay me uh, for each day I auditioned. I think they paid me 150 bucks for each day. So screw that. And plus, and plus, by the way, it, it, I was also uh, did I man, I racked up a room service bill like you wouldn't even possibly <laughs> believe. Man, That's I went back because I did the Thursday, and the guy was just like, "So I don't. You can come back tomorrow, but I don't really see the point." I went back to my room that night. I ordered like nine different appetizers and two entrees, and <laughs> I think I ordered nine different pornos. <laughs> I should have. I told you know the sweetest words in the English language, Tim, are titles of films do not appear on bill. So no, I didn't do that. I don't even think they offered. I don't think they have porn in Wisconsin. I think there are cleaner people than that, Tim. I'm sure they have porn. I didn't see it. Maybe I should have looked for that. Um, it was my point. Oh, anyway, so yeah, I racked up the huge rumors of his bill, and I came back and I did the second day of the audition because it was 150 bucks, but. If the opposite had happened, like somehow if they had thought I was really great, I can I even remember the topics I talked about. The this is what they found so off-putting. This is why this is it was after this bit that they determined that I was not the guy for them. I did this like 40-minute rant about the comics page of the local paper and how I didn't understand why anybody would still want to read High and Lois or Peanuts. And as, I went to break and the guy came in and he's like, "Eh, this guy whose name I remember who I will not use his name." Uh, it's so tempting. He's probably still got a job, though. Those guys always do. Those guys always... They, they, he may be in Billings. He might be working for CBS, for all I know. Mm. But the guy stuck his head in the door, and he's like, Yeah, you uh, you don't need to come back tomorrow. <laughs> door shut. And then that was right as I was coming back from the break, too. How are you supposed to come back and do a program after a guy's leaned his head in the door, sort of Leslie Nielsen in airplane style, and said, I, I, think you're, I think you're done here. But if the opposite had worked, if I'd done really well, that guy who was on vacation would have been told, I guess, just not to... Well, he would have come back. All his crap would have been in a box or something. Uh, what are we uh, doing here? All right, this is... Uh, somebody has a question for Stormy the Weather Dog. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yes, hi. Is this the Ask the Stormy the Weather Dog segment? <laughs> Excellent. Stormy, um, I used to be in love with a girl, and uh, she moved away, and then I got a new girlfriend. Um, but now my old girlfriend is back in town, and I was wondering if it would be wrong to cheat on my current girlfriend with my old girlfriend. There Are you, you sure? There you go, sir. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Stormy. Yeah. Glad that Stormy can help. We should get a consultant just so we can send him shows like this, just to see what they're... Re we should totally do that. We should find a consultant. We should find a consultant who, like, does the first session free, who does, like, the first analysis free, and then send them an air check of something like that. And then we should do... Okay, here's what we should totally do. Listen to this now. Yes, We I'm should listening. find some idiot radio consultant in R&R, &R, uh, who is, by definition, someone who cannot actually make a living doing radio, and just do an entire hour... Of nothing but Stormy the Weather Dog. Ask Stormy the Weather Dog. Send it off to the consultant, you know. Say, well, we're weighing using your services. Could you give us a, a sample analysis? Here's a highly here's a highly rated hour from, like, our morning drive team. And then send them just an entire hour of Stormy the Weather Dog. And then have some sort of speakerphone conversation with the consultant and get their analysis of the whole thing. That's fantastic. And have Stormy in the room. Totally. And have, and have Stormy there as part of the critique, too. Hi, we're all uh yeah, it's Sarah, Tim, Rick and Stormy. Yeah, we're all uh we're all waiting to hear your critique about the uh about the show. Uh let's see, what am I doing here? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show, sir. Hey, hello, Rick. Hey. 
Uh, I'm in Hawaii, by the way. I miss you guys. I've been gone for a week. Uh, what are you? Uh, a, are you vacationing? If you can call that vacationing with three-year-old, four-year-old triplets, but you know. Oh. They ought to have some sort of locker at the airport. You can keep those. <laughs> I hear you. Um, there, I was just reading the paper, and there's a commentary on Chocolate Rain in the Honolulu Advisor uh-huh. about how uh, the deep meaning of uh, racism undertones of the song, and I thought you guys might be interested in it. I see that it's uh, written by a David Sarno from the Los Angeles Times, so I don't know if you guys can Google that up for the whole article, but it uh, just had to let you guys know and to I, listen to you guys. I have this theory, and it's just my theory, that that Tay Zonde guy who did Chocolate Rain, that he just came up, he, he, he did retroactively come up with that theory about how it's a deep commentary on racism. I really think it's just a bunch of stoned up gibberish, and he realized that he had to come up with some, you know, some explanation for it, and so he's trying to pass it off as a commentary on the social struggles in America. I think it's really just crap. Yeah, well, that's what this guy says that, uh, uh, hold on a second. Some say some stay dry, others feel the pain. This song's about racism. But racism is not funny. But Chocolate Rain is funny. Or maybe it's not. Oh, gosh. You know, it's like... All right. Excellent. So, when, when are you back from Honolulu, sir? Uh, I'll be back to listen to you guys Monday. Fantastic. You... And, and thanks for the kissology. I'm the one that uh, was disappointed when they put out the disco song. Oh, okay. Excellent. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, enjoy Hawaii. Have a safe travel. All right. Thank you. All Have right, a good day. Go. Thank you. All right. I was going to ask him to get us a snow globe, but I got too many of those. All right. Let's do one more here, and then we'll uh, take You've got my mom buying you snow globes over here. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, I, and I've actually kind of I've really tried to scale that back, because most of them are just in my basement now. I mean, just, I, I have to keep the select ones out. It, like, I have to, when people give me snow globes now, which, you know, because I just said it's a joke years ago, and which people just took seriously, and then they started buying me snow globes constantly, um, I now have to keep the snow globes either put away or out based upon the likelihood that I will ever see the giver again. So it's like, if somebody gives me a snow globe and I know that I'm going to have to see them again at some point in the future, I'll leave it out. It's like when your uh, mother-in-law gives you some crap that you don't want for Christmas, and it's like, is she ever going to see these, like, stupid decorative towels? No? Burn them. Yes? Keep them in a box so you can just, like, stick them on the stove when she comes to visit and you have to pretend that you still use them. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, for some unknown reason, uh, former Panamanian dictator Manuel Noriega will be extradited to France to serve a 10-year sentence for money laundering charges. I guess our prisons are overcrowded. So he gets to uh, go to France and be in prison for a while. Uh, by the way, so we're tracking, several people are now sending me this. Uh, Seaman is saying, have you heard that Fidel Castro was dead? There are rumors. It's just rumors. He, I mean, look, he's either, I mean, the news isn't dictated by Perez Hilton. No. Basically, it's for the most part it is, but not in every story. No, and I would say this, that it, there's one of two extremes here. Either Fidel Castro will never die because he's actually some sort of cyborg, or B, he's been dead for like 15 years. Yeah. I mean, it, he might have been dead. Has anybody seen him since that fall? Because that was the last time that he was really, I mean, right, that was the last time we seen, but was when he tripped and he fell off a stage or something. No, that was Bob Dole. Oh, that was funny. No, he tripped over some folding chairs. Was that Castro or Bob yeah. Dole? Well, Bob Dole fell off a stage. Do you remember that when oh, yeah. Bob Dole fell off the stage right into the, just right into the right up the, <laughs> right yeah. off the stage into the ground? I That's think how was, wooden he was. <laughs> Bob Dole's falling. Um, the um, and then but, but Castro, it was like he wasn't even on the edge of anything. It was like he was walking across a perfectly flat level surface, free of obstructions, 
and then it's like his it's like his internal his internal uh you know gyroscope his his gimbal just went all awry and he just tipped forward into some chairs and i don't think we've ever seen him since then because mm-hmm. it was his birthday or whatever six months ago, but they they sent out his brother like Bob Castro or whatever. And who knows if it, it was really his birthday? They could have made it up. Like Disney always makes up Mickey Mouse's birthday. Yeah, he has like sixty or seventy birthdays a year. So I don't think we've seen this. Will be like that George Burns thing, uh, because as I've noted, I believe George Burns probably died a good year before they announced it because they had all of this, they had all these books and this TV special and this big concert, this comedy show set up all. Um, set up to, to to celebrate the hundredth birthday of George uh, Burns, mm-hmm. and then he had this fall about nine months before that, and then you never saw him again ever, ever, ever. You never saw him. They uh, waited about nine months. They had the hundredth birthday celebration. They put out a bunch of books. They had this big special. They did the whole thing, a big television show. They made a lot of money off of it. And then literally like four days later, like oh by the way he's dead, and uh, clearly he was dead the entire time. I mean, that's one of those things that will eventually come out, just like the Kennedy Files. It will find out that George Burns died like a year, like when he was 99. Almost made it to 100. Not quite. So it is with Fidel Castro. Probably dead already. Probably been dead forever. Um, I mean, he's one of those guys that, like, uh, Hussein just has all those lookalikes, though. So, I mean, any number of people. Hey, you know, I read a creepy story the other day. Speaking of, of old guys and just uh, the guys who are sort of noted political figures, I read this interesting story about Nelson Mandela, which is not a thing you really hear on this radio station a whole lot. Normally, that's... Normally, this kind of conversation is preceded by some soft jazz music and the warm yet soothing voice of Terry Gross. But I read this interesting story about Nelson Mandela, who, uh, you know, was, was in jail just forever, for decades. Um, and then, of course, you know, there was the, the eventual the pressure on the apartheid base government. You know, he was let out, and then the government was reconstructed, and he was voted president, blah, blah, blah. Um, they were interviewing all of these people who, over the years... When Mandela was still in prison, they were interviewing all these people who had reported Mandela sightings because I guess that they, I guess in uh, I guess that was sort of like their uh, you know Elvis sightings for a while. People were like, no, 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 I swear to God, I saw I saw Nelson Mandela, and it turns out uh, years after the fact, they've revealed that now all of those sightings were legitimate because in preparation for letting him out of prison, the government was actually taking him around the country and letting him see what had sort of happened to the people and to the government while he had been incarcerated so all of these sightings of nelson mandela all over the place were in fact totally legitimate it was just kind of a creepy story just the, the the idea that he actually was just sort of out walking the streets from time to time with members of the government before he was officially released it's one of those things that is just sort of it's just sort of weird in retrospect uh what time is it here oh we damn are you kidding me it's like nine after uh here at kcmd portland I was thinking we'd have a little bark from uh, Stormy the Weather Dog there. He's on a break. <laughs> Local 32. Uh, all right, it's 503-733-2970. Well, Sarah, should we break or should we just roll roll right on ahead? I don't even know what that was. Is Stormy answering. Stormy answered for me. Stormy answering something else. What question was that an answer? What are we doing, Sarah? Producer? Produce. Well, we don't have any more CNN guests, do we? No, we don't. Uh, are, we, are we having a Scott Daly or Aaron Duran in? Aaron is coming in at 2. Uh, here's what we got uh, coming up today. We have more from Tim Riley. Uh, we have whatever happened to. We have two top fives, and we have Aaron Duran. Let's break.
Do you okay. think, is this, is this when Bruce would scream at you? Yeah, probably, but what are you going to do? Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We return. More whimsicality and stories of comedy. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. There's going to be pandemonium, Miami. Totally. Miami. Lock your doors and get those guns out. Go need them. Everybody go get your guns. Hold on. Let me just... Uh... It's 503-733-2970. 503 Tim, have you more news? I'm waiting for Fidel Castro to okay. die. <laughs> You're sitting there perched in front of the computer, staring at it intently through narrowed eyes, mm-hmm. waiting for him to pass away. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know. So uh, you, I'll just read this, uh, and then we'll roll on to a couple of other things. I'm not going to do a whole Britney watch about it just because... The Britney Watch has really just become interminable. I'm just going to note, for those of you who are following her progressively downward spiral into oblivion and obsolescence... And Lindsay Lohan and all the rest. Yes, we've got this. This is this one really is staggering, though. Apparently, she has turned down the chance to do a duet with Justin Timberlake. Because why would you possibly want to do that if you're Britney Spears? Really, why would you... What could you possibly stand to benefit from the duetting with the, like, the single biggest male star in music right now? Page Six reports that Justin Timberlake wrote a song specifically for Britney and that her label was counting on the tune to jumpstart a big comeback. But apparently she abruptly canceled the session. Um, apparently her record label claims to, quote, be behind her all the way. But executives there are worried about her bombing at the upcoming MTV Video Music Awards. Is that true? Is she going to be performing at that? Or is she just going to be appearing? It's a rumor that she might be performing. Oh, I see. With that weirdo Chris Angel guy. Oh, yeah, the the mind freak guy. All right. Um, 
I have no idea what the description of this call means. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hi, I know you guys are fans of the Mad Men, and I want to know who sings the song during the ads of this show. I think, is it Amy Winehouse? They don't play it during the title credits, but every time they show an ad on AMC, they're always playing this song in the background. It's got this kind of bluesy feel, but it's modern. I do have to tell you that as the owner of a TiVo, I have never seen it. I haven't seen a television commercial in about five years. <laughs> So I couldn't really, you are, I, I am exactly the wrong person to ask about that. Um, the only television commercial I saw uh, during Mad Men was, and this is because I was walking into the kitchen. Uh, it was an episode that I had already seen. My wife hadn't seen it, so I was watching it back uh, with her. I walked into the kitchen. My wife was not near the remote. Anyway, long story short, I'm out of the room when they go to when they go to the commercial break, um, and I came back in and they were playing sort of a kind of a cool looking Jack Daniels commercial. But then, yeah. but then I grabbed the TiVo remote and immediately skipped forward. So when it comes to television commercials, look, I'll tell you this right now. I am only vaguely familiar, for example, with all of those like Geico caveman commercials that apparently all the kids are talking about oh, and that have all the bars and the whatever. I just don't. I have zero knowledge of those things because of TiVo. TiVo has completely stripped away all of my television commercial pop culture uh, knowledge. So I got nothing. So I am. I apologize. I'm really the wrong person to ask about. Well, that. maybe one of your other intelligent viewers will call in. It's possible. You might also check the AMC website. They've in the wake of the Sopranos. Uh, who really were masterful at weaving both contemporary and classic pop songs into their television series, you might check AMC because they really started becoming aware of the fact that audiences wanted to know what songs were that were featured during specific episodes. So okay. I would I would do that if I were you, Desiree. One more question. Yes. How many women has Don Draper slept with now? I'm assuming it's up to three pretty soon. Well, I haven't seen last night's episode. Yes, but somebody has on that show. He was just talking about oh, it. Thanks for ruining it. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for, thanks for no, 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 no. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I just know somebody was on your show with you a little about half an hour ago and said that he had seen it. The robot did it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for... Thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, you know what I do dig on that show is that relationship he has with the weird bohemian art girl uh, who lives in the city or whatever. I think that's I, he. He just is. I know I keep saying this, but he really is just the greatest character. Uh, and they portray him as not really a blank, but just as a cipher. I think in in just so many ways on that program, and it, it could turn out to be very. That's the kind of thing that if mishandled could be very uninteresting. Uh, but the way they do it really is fascinating. All right, here's what we'll do, just so we can get back on. Uh, so have we taken our twenty? Did we merge, or do we still have the twenty? We still have the 20. Okay, so I'll do these emails, then you'll be in the 20. Then we'll come back with Tim Riley, then we'll do the top five with Christian, then Dennis will stop by, then we'll have Aaron Duran, then we'll have Aaron's top five. It's all very exciting. Oh, and I, have, and I, set, I, I set up another exciting installment of High Concept Friday, but I don't know that we'll have time to get to that, so we may. I've got to get to these emails first. Rick, uh, let's see. Oh, there's somebody listening in Minnesota? Where is this from? I was saying, I just am listening to the 11 o'clock hour, and you have to give a warning before letting people come on with nail gun into the eye stories. Huh. No, so there will be no warning. That's part of the perverse charm of the Rick Emerson show. Rick, speaking of whatever happened to, whatever happened to the Indian named Nakona on Grizzly Adams? It's not really what we're, uh, it's not really what we're aiming for in the whatever happened to segment, but I appreciate the question. I don't have the answer to that. Rick, since the soapbox derby cars are already made of plywood, why not just require that they all have the shape of a casket, or at least have one entered in the shape of a casket? It seems like it would save everybody a lot of time and bother. I think if there was a casket one time. Really? Yeah, I saw one. All right. So now, 
Do you have po- uh, photos posted on your site of last year's soapbox? Yes, I, I haven't even told anybody what our theme is this year. So nobody's seen it. It's going to be a mystery to everybody. Yes, it is shrouded now, in my friend's backyard. Did you find a, a pusher, somebody to push you down the hill? No, I need to write back that Gabriel guy. Just if any, we don't need to have somebody in advance. Just if somebody's of, you know, big stature and likes to, you know, wants to push us, then please help us. Does it need to be a large man? It helps. All right. Because we need to get a pretty good, you know, shove to get going. All right, fantastic. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, oh, speaking of this, we're still getting entries for car crash hunks. Rick, don't forget the Hank Williams Jr. eating of the windshield. No, mm. no, I don't think that, no, that's, I, you're thinking of something else. They're thinking of when he fell off that mountain in Montana. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick, about cell phones in Europe, as long as you are in a major area, your cell phone should work without an issue. Unlike traditional landlines, cell phones bounce from tower to tower and satellite to satellite. See, I'm thinking about not taking my phone because, again, I don't, I don't wish to be bothered by anybody. Well, I, I would just be worried about the extra charges. That's what he says. He says, what does matter is your plan. Depending on your carrier, you might end up paying an obscene amount of money per minute. Uh, my wife was able to call from Spain with little effort, but we had to talk quickly because of the minute cost. And that's like that thing that was happening in the late 90s where there were all those uh, long-distance companies called, like, the I Don't Care long-distance company. And you would go to make a, a long-distance call from a payphone, and they'd say, like, what... What long-distance carrier do you provide? And the guy would say, like, I don't care. And then they would switch you to the I don't care company, which was like nine ninety-nine a second or something. Huh. Uh, Rick, uh, speaking of death songs, you have forgotten Teen Angel, car hit by a train. That should count. Uh, how about this? Rick, celebrity car crashes. Let's not forget Falco. I forgot all about Falco. Here's the weird thing about Falco of Rock Me Amadeus fame is that, like, in my head, like, there was the Rock Me Amadeus era when the song was first popular, uh, and through which song I first discovered the concept of the remix. That was the first time I'd ever heard a song remixed. And then I've leapt forward to today when I think of Rock Me Amadeus as just being one of those retro 80s songs and Falco as being the guy who did that song. I completely glossed over my head the fact that he was dead. It's like the Falco, the, the, when Falco died in a car accident, it's like that occupied about 14 seconds in the pop culture consciousness, and then it's completely just evaporated out of everybody's brain. He's one of those guys that I keep having to remind myself that he's dead. I just never, like, if you were to spot quiz me, you know, every, uh, every few months about whether Falco was dead, I'd really have to stop and ponder it for a while. Uh, all right. Well... Now, you know, and I don't have time to bring any more of these, so we should take a break and catch up. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner. He will answer the magical question, is Fidel Castro dead? (laughs) Then Kristen Bowie's top five underrated musical acts of all time. We'll uh, visit with our good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger, Aaron Geek in the City Duran at 2 o'clock, and more of your phone calls. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Coming up later on, Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Uh, our good friend Kristen Bowie will step in here in a short while. We'll do her top five, top five underrated musical acts. Next hour, a second top five. Uh, we'll be doing the top five lyricless TV themes. This email says, Rick, about you reading Survivor by Chuck Palahniuk. If you go to Powell's, it's like 10 bucks. If you don't like it after reading it, I will offer the same thing you offered us about Youth and Revolt. If you don't like it, I will buy it back from you. Uh, it is that good, in my opinion, says Corey. Right. It is such a good book. And somebody sent me a great Youth and Revolt email. I don't know where it went. 
Let's see. Da 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 da. I can't find anything today. You know, today I just got all, all of these emails coming in, and I open them and then I lose them. So, uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So as far as we know, nobody has officially declared Castro to be dead. I know it's a big thing online today. Perez Hilton started these rumors, and now he's fighting back and forth with Juan Kent, uh, calling them nasty names. So other than that, in, until we hear word from like a real news organization like CNN or MSNBC or AP, we're going to just assume he's still alive or so possibly dead. Did Perez Hilton just uh, just sort of start this? Yeah, he started this a couple days ago. Just to see if he could, is it, what did he? Well, he, he, he is Cuban and he's from Miami. And Perez so, Hilton? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So that, so that makes him an so, uh, expert on Fidel Castro. Yeah. So, so apparently, he has some inside information there. His latest entry says uh, it hasn't been announced yet because they want to wait till Miami's rush hour is over with. Uh, so we might not know today. Did you see this? And thing? then underneath it, did you see that says it'll be announced at 4 p.m. Eastern? Yeah. Now, did you see this thing? Well, on, that would have already happened. Gone. Yeah. Now, did you see this thing on? Now there is an NBC news site talking about it. Okay. Um, this was just posted like seconds ago. Somebody goes back to it here. Let's see. This is from Drudge. This is NBC6.net. Okay, that's from Miami. Yeah, this is um, from W. I don't even know what it is. From some... it's, it's the Miami NBC affiliate. Okay. U.S. senior official said that while there are reports on setbacks in Fidel Castro's health, there are no indications his death is imminent, other than the fact that he's been dying for like 20 years. He may have been dead a long time ago. You know, this is, that is a kind of this country. How do we know it's for sure? He might have already been a bomb. They claim that uh, Miami is, quote, ablaze with rumors. Yeah. Uh, on Thursday, Cuba's foreign minister said rumors about Fidel Castro's deteriorating, like you can believe anything the Cuban foreign minister says. Yeah. Uh, Felipe Perez Roque, not to be confused with Perez Hilton, no, made the comments to reporters while attending the Forum for East Asia Latin American Cooperation in Brazil. Cubans were hoping Fidel would make a public appearance. That's not going to happen. During his birthday celebrations nearly two weeks ago, um, when asked if the 81-year-old Castro was still in charge of Cuban affairs, Roque said, he is being informed and consulted constantly. What type of Cuban affairs would be going on? I don't really know. And it, when they say he's being informed and consulted constantly, you could just be whispering into his dead ear, for all they know. Looking so. for a, you know, a brake shoe for a 58 Chevy. <laughs> Um, so there you go. I, maybe Perez Hilton was just tired of being out of the news and decided just to, you know, yeah. create some news today. So right. that's that for now. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. I mean, we have other things of greater importance here, like the possibility of uh, Washington's hampered nuclear reservation getting more nuclear waste. Why not? It is on the federal list as a dump. Well, we know it is. <laughs> my, yeah. Now great that my hometown is effectively listed as literally, not figuratively, literally listed as a dump by the government. Now, adding that waste would nearly double the amount of radiation being stored at Hanford. Oh, who cares at this point? Seriously. Environmentalists are horrified at the idea. That's like having just one more piece of bacon after you've already had half a pound. The State Department of Energy calls this plan ludicrous, given the amount of waste already there. Uh, two public hearings on the proposal are scheduled for next week, but it really doesn't let the public be damned, really. Uh, the first takes place Monday at the Comfort Inn in Troutdale. <laughs> Make sure you attend. I'm sure that's with a K. And the second is at the Red Lion Hotel in Pasco. <sighs> So the public is invited. That's where Scott Daly was at. When they did that 48-hour film festival screening, Scott wasn't able to be there because he was actually stuck in Pasco for like four different hours. So, Or for four hours. And it was a bunch of different... Uh, they had him traveling from one one gate to another at the airport, desperately trying to get a flight out of the Tri-Cities. He was denied at every turn. Uh, if you bought some uh, baby carrots at Trader Joe's, and you may have, bring them back. They may have 
Uh-oh, bacteria. It causes diarrhea, fever, and nausea. These aren't Chinese carrots, are they? No, they're uh, apparently they come from California. And they're sold by uh, Trader Joe's in Oregon and Washington State. Trader Joe's has had some bad luck recently. I know, and usually they're known for their quality products. You know, I purchased a bunch of things there last night, so I will continue to patronize Trader Joe. That's where I buy most of my stuff. doesn't matter. My my intestinal system is strong. It'll resist. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably wondering what uh, Donnie Wahlberg is up to lately. More than anything. Yes. He's enjoying his return to the small screen, the former new kid on the block, who once starred on NBC's Boomtown, now graces the tube on Spike TV's The Kill Point. He describes the uh, show's plot for us. It's about a bank robbery gone bad by some Iraq veterans. You know, they come home, they're really frustrated by the treatment they're getting. They're not getting a lot of help financially or medically, and, and, and they make the choice of robbing a bank, and it goes horribly wrong. They end up in a hostage situation. Uh, Donnie, please discuss the difference between hostage negotiators and cops. I probably went about two years of driving to and from New York, from Boston, where I was living, to do auditions, you know, two and three times a week, and never getting a job. I mean, it was a uh, really, really difficult sound transition. Like you've been but the you know, I always felt like there was something else for me out there. You know, that uh, that the New Kids was just sort of a chapter in my uh-huh. life, and I wasn't sure. going to let it be my whole life. Uh, all right, Johnny yeah. Drama, whatever you say. Could end up on Man Band. I was. <laughs> you know, Dave Zinn loves that show. Dave's in upstairs sure. every day. I love Dave Zinn. Every day. He's I like, like Dave Zinn, but there's nothing to the show except about five minutes of a show and the rest commercials that they can't put in any other MTV show. Wait, which show are you talking about? Man Band. Oh, I thought you were talking about us for a second. No. Okay. I, uh, the, the, the thing about... play commercials on here? Well, I always leave the room. I'm, I'm no, no reference point. Thanks for setting a stand. Thanks for setting a good example for the listeners. Well, it's my way of... Commercials, t- I've got to leave right now. My way of TiVoing, I suppose. <laughs> the, you know, the thing about that Boomtown show... I have to go back to the newsroom. That Boomtown thing is a lot like... I never... Because it's... The character of Vince, uh, uh, Vincent Chase on Entourage is, you know, this is not a secret. This is based on Mark Wahlberg. Um, but so it does make you wonder if that's why Johnny Drama ended up getting that Five Towns show on Entourage. Because on Entourage, Johnny Drama finally got a TV gig. And it's on a show called Five Towns. It never really occurred to me that the Five Towns is, you know, that he, you know, that's sort of the equivalent of Donnie Wahlberg getting the Boomtown show. I hadn't really thought about that, but that does actually make a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, no, that's true. And what's-his-name is dating um, is dating Paris Hilton. That's right, we had that story. What was it, last week we were talking about that? That, so, which is weird because what's-his-name was dating Nikki Hilton. Or is, or was, or they had some weird, uh, oh, they had some weird breakup. Here's Tim Riley. Go ahead, have that extra cup of coffee. A new study shows caffeine won't cause dehydration and may actually help you when you go to work out. Elizabeth Penniman, who participated in the study, is a Cleveland Clinic registered uh, dietitian. From where? The Cleveland Clinic. I barely knew her. Damn it. No, I moved all my <laughs> sounders around and now I can't find anything. There we go. It's like at Safeway how they've, uh, they've moved the snack chips by three aisles and I can never locate them now. Over the years, uh, Coffee, mainly due to the caffeine, has been given a, a bad rep for, for workouts, saying that it dehydrates you and it may zap your energy. It actually has a you know mild diuretic effect and really doesn't affect the, the workout that much. Well, it's time to go back to school, kids. That probably means a brand new backpack. But when you do get one, make sure it is function over fashion. Dr. Angelique Reedus of the Cleveland Clinic says... Dr. Angelique Regus of the Cleveland Clinic says... 
I'm sorry. Oh, are we just stepping on each other? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even know. Didn't even know where we were going with that. When the backs, the backpacks are too heavy, that can cause a lot of strain on the muscles of the back as well as the neck. And so some kids tend to overload their backpacks, putting pretty much everything in their locker into their pack, and they're carrying, you know, well a good percentage of their weight around on their back. People hurt children by putting too much in backpacks. What we recommend is to have a backpack that's got a good amount of compartments and for kids to use all of the compartments so that the weight in the backpack is evenly distributed. And like I mentioned, to, to limit the amount of weight to about 10 to 15 percent of the child's body weight. That's a fascinating story. I'm glad that they're being paid to do such studies. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Mr. Bean is back in theaters starring Rowan Atkinson. This is Mr. Bean's holiday. It opens today at a theater near you. It's about the understated misfit as he travels to the French Riviera and becomes ensnared in the European adventure of cinematic proportions. Uh, please explain the film's premise, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bean. The central idea of the movie is that Mr. Bean is in pursuit of the perfect beach. The beginning of the movie, really, he's in a rain-soaked Britain, and he sets off in pursuit of a lovely beach in the south of France. You know, that is the story. It is a road movie, really, in which we follow his journey from London to the south of France. But, you know, unsurprisingly, it is not a simple journey. Uh, why are... You've just got to respect this guy, though. Come on. He's made an entire career out of that one stupid character that will never go away. Now, see, that's the, and that's the thing is that I, man, I just despise Mr. Bean. Oh, I really it's the dumbest thing ever. He's a British Larry the uh, Cable Guy. Well, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. That is not true. See, this I is... take it back. No, this is the thing. Well, Mr. Bean may be the Larry the Cable Guy. Rowan Atkinson, this is the frustrating thing about Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. That's a statement that's never been said by anybody. Here's the frustrating thing about Mr. Bean is that Rowan Atkinson is brilliant. Rowan Atkinson is a very funny man. He did a series called Blackadder that a lot of uh, a lot of our peeps out there watched. And Blackadder, although he didn't write it, Blackadder was a very it was a, an incredibly sharply written program, really dark political comedy, and Rowan Atkinson was great at that. But I think Rowan Atkinson like so many uh, like so many actors and comedians that are better than what they do, discovered that Mr. Bean's what pays the bills. Do you know what I mean? Rowan Atkinson is like that great metal band that discovers that power ballads get lots of girls and help you pay the rent and so they just start churning out one bad power ballad after another. Rowan Atkinson has done all of these great plays. He's he was a stage actor. Again, he did Blackadder, which is one of the finest sit- Comes ever to air in any country, but he could just never get any attention. He never really made any any serious money on that, and so he and so he stumbles into this thing where he goes and walks into walls, and man, suddenly Americans can't get enough of that guy, and so now he just does nothing but churn out these stupid Mr. Bean movies, which I loathe. I just and I'm not trying to be an elitist snob about it. I just man, those Mr. Bean movies aren't funny. They're just uninteresting and uh, and irritating to me. So. It really is unfortunate, like with so many other things, that like that all of the great stuff he does doesn't get any attention in America. But as soon as he becomes like some sort of a marble-mouthed miming klutz, that that is what gets the you know that's what Americans will go see him in. The whole thing just infuriates me. Well, how about a clip then? <laughs> great, great. After all that, let's play some of it on the air. Jesus. In this scene, Mr. Bean orders coffee. Oh, kill me. I speak very good French. <laughs> Gracias. Jesus. All right. 
Fine. The health benefits of coffee are explained to Mr. Bean. Over the years, uh, <laughs> coffee, mainly due to the caffeine, has uh, been given a, a bad rep for, for workout, saying that it dehydrates you and it may zap your energy. It actually has a you know, mild diuretic effect and really doesn't affect the, the workout that much. <laughs> Random soundbite. Become the Stephanie Miller Show. All right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Let's, uh, what are we doing here? It's 146. Let's He's welcome. Lurking. All right, Dennis Pittenbarger, please quit lurking in the hallway. Please to be joining us now. Hurry up before Fidel Castro dies. There must be somebody fancy in the hallway. Everyone's kind of oh, gathered around. Maybe hey, some rock and roll. Who's out there? Let me ask it, and then we'll have Kristen Bowie join us in the studio. We'll do her top five. Let me ask you this. Do you ever see somebody in a Grateful Dead t-shirt and you just kind of, you lose respect is for them just a little bit? in this building? Yes, it is. Why are you talking about it? Because I saw somebody that we work with in a Grateful Dead well, shirt, about them behind and I downgraded. Well, that's what we're doing right now. They're well, how not... do you know that they're not here? They are here. How do you know they're not listening? It's Jim from the Marconi Show. Oh. <laughs> what is that? Like right, a I'm secret? looking at the back of his head. No, I mean, it's just one of those things. I just. Jim's kind of kooky. I thought he was better than that. You see him and in... You know what it is? It's like... It... I watched him at a party last week play Guitar Hero for two hours straight. Well, okay, but see, how can somebody who's into Guitar Hero be wearing a Grateful Dead shirt? The two things just don't seem to go together. He, just, he doesn't make any sense. He's a very... He's a bizarre little man. He really is an enigma wrapped inside a riddle, wrapped inside a, a sweater vest, wrapped inside a Grateful Dead shirt. Uh, seeing a guy in a Grateful Dead shirt you is can, like... Why don't you ask him about it? He wouldn't be offended. Really? Maybe we'll do that next hour. It's like seeing a friend of yours have AOL.com as the end of their email address. Do you know what I mean? You just see that and you kind of go, really? AOL.com? Okay. Whatever. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from Miles Around, Saturdays 9 to 11, uh, Dennis Pitsenbarger on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello, sir. Hello. Newly, How's it? Newly bespectacled. Those look good, by the way. Yeah, they do look good. Yeah. You look like I, you've uh, had glasses. My, the clarity uh, has really been an eye-opening experience. You know, the first day I got them, um, I was driving up Belmont. I live just on the east side of Mount Tabor. and. Uh, where, of course, everyone will be uh, Saturday to watch the Soapbox Derby. But the, the, amazing, the amazing thing was is I, I take Belmont home. I'm driving up Belmont. I look at Mount Tabor. I'm like, my God, that's really beautiful up there. Uh, whereas, you know, was it all just like a big amorphous blur before that? Well, it wasn't a really bad blur. I'm an, I'm a negative 1.5. I really don't know what that means. I just know that when I put these on, everything is very, very clear, and my eyes don't feel like someone has been poking, you know, plastic forks in them at the end of the day. Well, so, that is an improvement. It, it's a vast improvement. And yes, I've got the uh, now the Clark Kent. It's very uh, Dean Kane. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I've Nerd. also got. Uh, what I was, can't believe you just did that. What a geek <laughs> reference that was. That's what I was thinking. Well done. Well, yeah, very, very well done. Now, also, uh, the guy from, uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? Actually, you were giving me a hard time. Well, you look it. like Salvatore, the guy on, uh, the Italian guy on Mad, um, Men. Mad Men. Don't say anything. I missed last night. I recorded it. I haven't seen it either. Oh, okay, I'm good. I'm, it I'm came on it last freak. night. No, it came, it's a great show. It, it really Actually, is. you know what? You didn't ruin Lost for me, so I will not look up and tell you what happened. I think you would like Mad Men. You don't have cable. I think you would like it, though, because it's a very, um, it's a very stylishly done show, and they capture that era in America very, very well in terms of the aesthetic of the program. Uh, it's just a, it's a really great show. It is. It, I can't say enough about it. I mean, it's not like I the would, best I, show in the history of the world or anything, but it is really good. I would put Mad Men, abs, and this is a reach for some people that are obviously fans of the program, and I don't know what your reaction will be, Rick, but I would definitely put Mad Men on the same 
on the same plateau as Entourage and Close to Sopranos. There's something about the, the cinematography of it, the when they do the shots on the ground looking up at the main character. I think it's way- shot on film, for one thing. I don't think it's shot like a TV show. I think it's, uh, I think it's shot like a movie. Well, and they, then they format it for television. Just, just the character development that's going through. I mean, that show has got me complete. I mean, very rarely do I get that hooked into shows besides, you know, some racing program that for the obvious of being the car guy. But that show has got me both hooks right down in the liver. I didn't. Thanks for that image. I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch last night. Cause I'm busy. I'm trying to plow through as many Battlestar Galactic episodes as I can, so I, I get I caught up. All that from you. No, I, I borrowed it from Fat Boy. Oh. Uh, because we had this whole thing going where I was nagging him to watch The Wire, and he was nagging me to watch Battlestar Galactica. So we're sort of swapping right now, and he's and he's getting through his much faster than I am. So I got to really buckle down and get that TV watching done. Okay. It really is the most American of problems to have. But I just got all this <laughs> yes, TV like to watch. Hard, <laughs> I got all these snack chips to consume too. Well, so you have to do it now because you're going to be at Mount Tabor all day tomorrow. That's right. Why will I be at Mount Tabor, Dennis? Oh, well, I'll be there because I'm actually going to bring the uh, I'm going to bring the uh, film crew. We're going to go up to uh, Mount Tabor. Hopefully, now I had mentioned to Sarah for that Faces I of to Death get... Seven. Yeah, <laughs> Faces of Death. Oh, okay. Mount Tabor. Great races of death. I was uh, wondering, are you going to be wearing a helmet of any kind? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. we, we wear like motorcycle helmets. Okay. Like, do you need a Hans device or anything? Something to keep the head from snapping? And I don't know. I I don't want you to have. I don't want you to befall any injury. Now to, now, to be fair, now, are you guys doing the speed competition or just the, uh, the, we're doing the, the, the costume car. competition? Yeah, we're doing the art car. We're, um, yeah, we worked on the brakes and everything. I don't know. My my buddy is slacking, the one who's supposed to be working on, you know, the actual functioning of the car. See, does that bother you that the it one does. guy who's not getting his job done is the guy doing the brakes? It kind of does. This because is he the pulls thing like, like an all-nighter and he's like, ha, 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 I'm going to be a trooper. I'm going to work for eight hours, and I haven't, I've barely gotten any sleep. I'm this like, is going to be one of those things where they, today. they interview you or your next of kin later, and it's a lot of, well, the one guy who never showed up was the guy who doing the brakes. Yeah, because I kept writing to him yesterday, like, you know, oh, have you worked on the brakes? And he wrote me back, <laughs> is it anywhere um, like not working on the car today. I'm maxing and relaxing. You needn't worry. The brakes will suffice. Yeah, That's what he wrote me. Not working I'm on like, the car. Really? Why would I bother to do would that? You to borrow a fire suit. I mean, is Seriously. there any kind of flammable liquids anywhere? I think you know what. I've been to the Mount Tabor soapbox Derby before, and it actually is a really cool event. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. It's almost more fun for the spectators than it is for the people actually in it, because there is no better reason to throw water balloons at people you don't know and not have to worry about them chasing you down. Because by the time they actually get hit in the face, sometimes with the water balloon, they are. 50 yards away from you before you can they can even come close to something. Let me ask you this. Now, it, without giving away what your theme is, uh are you going to be uh are you all going to be are you going to be covered all the way? Are you wear I mean is it you're going to have a lot of exposed uh, like your arms and so forth? Yeah, my arms will be sh- yeah, arms shielded from road rash if that should happen. No, I'm going to be wearing a tank top so. Are you driving? Uh I might be. I don't want to. I really don't want to. You're in the art part of it though. No, yeah, but I mean, I mean but she's behind the, the wheel, though. Yeah, but you won't be. Honestly, there's the speed people. They kind of get booking. They get booking. Yeah, but like it sucks dangerous. like when people because it can only be a certain length, but it can be as wide as you want. So I mean, people will come up behind you and they'll start taking up the track, and it can kind of shove you to one side or the other. And you know, well, one side of Mount Tabor is a cliff. We guess so, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It is a mountain. And right where the right where the course is, there is a distinct turn that is a cliff. I, I like I said, I live yeah, that right first, next to Tabor. That it's first cool bend thing. is where um, Lyle went off. Really. The first uh, thing, because you, you get that big shove and that momentum going immediately. We were know? watching that video on YouTube of a guy who somehow his car got turned around and he was going down the hill backward. <laughs> oh, and I yeah. mean, and then to try to turn around, he turned sideways 
And he was then stopped in the middle of the course. And I don't know what the distance is between cars, like how long they take between launching each car. Well, no, we all go at the same time. Oh. It's staggered a little, though. So it's like it's like steps. You know, it's like if one, it, two, You know, three. this reminds me of... the front goes bad, it's... You know. This reminds me when I was a kid and there was a water park in Kennewick. Uh, and I don't really know if that's a thing that people do anymore if they go to water parks. But, you know, the, the big, long, twisty water slides. And I remember going down, and that water park was just cursed anyway. There was, like, at one point, like... You talking about the Tri City Water Park? Yeah, I've been to that. Oh man, that thing was cursed. The first couple of years, <laughs> first of all, the first month they had that water park open, they didn't realize that it was a bad idea to have some of them just be circular tubes. Because now those water parks, they're not tubes; they're just slides with an open top. There were some. The first month that water park was open in Kennewick, some of them were just tunnels, and so there was the kids, you know, like going down and like woo. I'm going to put my hands up in the air. Bam. Hey, my arms are broken. You know, and it was like one guy like stood up. Yeah. You know, he sat up and like, it just hit him right in the throat, the, to the top of the tunnel. Well, they would um, open. They would be open and then close and yeah. then open again. I know. Exactly at one point, at one point, the, it, it, one of those water slides, it wasn't the top. It was at the bottom. The water was actually being treated with a type of chemical that dried out the plastic and made it brittle. And so the actual bottom of the slide, a big chunk of it just broke off, leaving a big jagged hole. And then another guy comes down the slide, does another jagged hole, they're like 30 miles an hour, buttocks right into some big shards of plastic. Um, what happened to me, though, I remember this, I was going down at one point, and there was like the water had somehow gotten diverted or it was not... Maybe it was the swimsuit I was wearing, whatever, the swim trunks I was wearing, whatever the hell it was. I'm going down the water slide, and I remember I just sort of got to a bend in the water slide, and I just stopped. <laughs> and I just quit moving. And that's unnerving, because then you hear, like, the thundering sound of, like, and it's always a big fat guy coming down after you. Oh. And so there I am stopped in the middle of the slide, like, hello, I'm not going, I'm not moving. And then, bam, and a guy comes down and just rockets right into me. Don't I you... remember that water park specifically because, if you remember, there was these, like, king of the mountain type things that the yeah. kids could climb up on, and you had basically the fire hose totally. to, to battle the... Uh, Huge the... high-pressure water guns in the communal wading pool. And, of course, you would purposely, you know, and there was a throttle on it, basically, and you would wait for, like, these smaller children, the weaker, smaller children to climb up and then just full blast, right? Seriously. In... Well, those are gone now because, literally, it's... It, it, Quite honestly, a kid got an eye put out. Not oh, not, not, not like kidding. the euphemistically, like a kid lost an eye. So. Well, there was that, and then there was the uh, giant, if you remember that water park had one that was like 15 feet wide. It was about 15 feet high, and it was just a lip. All it was was like 80, remember that one? It was like yeah. 80 degrees oh, yeah. down, just and then a lip. Whoop, and, and then, then it, it just, just shot you into the air. And yeah. no better way to do it than to stick 20 of your friends in one group, so when you land on the pavement-like water. You all land on each other. <laughs> uh, so are you going to be uh, filming your, your TV show? Yeah, we're actually, the, uh... the TV show, Miles Around TV, is going to come out. We're going to film, uh, we're going to hopefully uh, get a little interview with Sarah. Sarah was uh, worried about her intoxication level, but uh, we'll just make sure... And oh, and I, I know many, many people that you can interview as well. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are doing the Derby. Listen to that deflection. That was skilled right there. That was Well, I just think it'd be fun. We, I, I want to get up with film. it. You guys need to hook me up with the promoter. We're just going to go out there and, and uh, you know... You know, it would have been more helpful if you didn't spring it on me the day before it's happening. Well, yeah. that's what I do. I mean, I didn't, you know, I was going to be out there. I had not, I had not uh, really planned to tell anyone I was going to be out there. I was just going to show up and then try to, you know, walk up to you while you were... Uh, under the weather, I guess would be the way to put it. Under but. the weather? Yeah. No, no, actually, it's a, well, I want to make it to the after party, so we maintain a constant level. Do you have any idea when you're actually supposed to start? No, no, everyone gets there at 10, and then they kind of assess all the cars and see who should race against whom, and 
okay. and then figure it out from there. You're gonna uh, maybe you could uh, give us a quick call into the radio show tomorrow morning. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah what time are you on? Well, we're... <laughs> it's only been coming in here for two years. Nine to I'm eleven. I'm sorry. Saturdays uh, nine right. to eleven. It's actually on AM nine seventy. <laughs> Following, uh, following current Yeah, I'll call you, because they, they usually have them, as soon as all the cars are there, then they'll um, get the big piece of poster board, and they'll show you, like, what races are what. Okay, because we gotta, we, i got to go get the project truck and bring it up there. But, yes, we would like let's, to uh, uh, make sure to interview you. Let's yeah. quickly do these calls, then we'll break, and we'll come back with Kristen Bowie's Top 5 and Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Hello, sir. Hey, hey, Dennis, it's Kyle. Hello? Hi. Oh, it's Kyle. <laughs> no, NASCAR Kyle. Uh, he is actually a huge fan of not in the Rick Emerson show, but. Uh, Do you have a question I can relate to Dennis, sir? Well, I was just saying, when can we put together. I was just our saying, own, uh, when can we put together. This is hard. Okay. Uh, Why don't I turn off my uh, mic and then. I'll repeat I was it. trying to wackily sort of. I'm sorry, ask the question, sir. I was wondering uh, when we could put together our own soapbox uh, for next year. When can we put together our own soapbox car for next year? This is like translating for the deaf. Hey, you know what? Do you, do, there is no entry. You just have to show up and you're entered, right? No, no. That's a huge, it's a long process. You, you get to build it tonight? Hey, you know what? I got a nail gun and I got wheels. And I got, a, and I got two strollers that my daughter doesn't use anymore. You should oh, totally do that. I can show up. Shows up all rickety and, you know. Rickety. We go for speed. Yeah, we had to sign up six months ago. Oh, damn. I wonder if you would just let me go anyway. I just stick. We could stick Kyle in my daughter's stroller. And just see if he can make it. <laughs> Kyle, we will we will do this next year, I promise. Thank you. Uh, let's do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Don't look at me. I didn't know we didn't have headphones. There's no Scotty J. Things just uh, fall apart if Scotty's not here to wait on his hand and foot. Hello, sir. Hello. Hi. Rick, hey. hey. Quick London story for you. I'm a little off topic. Cause, okay. But whatever. I'm at work. But your wife's there without you, so it reminded me of something that happened to me. Um, going down the hall, looking for the ice bucket at the end of the night. On the way back... I hear some very audible fornication going on, and, and I, of course, I moved over to the side to make sure the laundry cart could get through, and I heard more, and she's, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing now, but it was, oh, 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 and then that, oh, but I love me, husband, <laughs> and I just, like, <laughs> double <doubled. laughs> Talk about a love kill. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, uh, thanks so much you guys. for putting that into my head right before my wife goes to Europe. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, all right, buddy. All right, bye now. Hey, thanks, Scotty, for the headphones. No, you, that was a great call. That really, I didn't know where it was going there for a second. Then he did have, they did have a great little alley and then an oop. Can I show you the soapbox, sir? Look, this guy started standing up in this cage, and then slowly as he's going, he stretches out. Oh. Uh. And he's hanging See, from all the things. creepy. It is creepy. Yeah, these people come in from all over. Hey, we'll take a break here. Dennis Pittenbarger and Miles around tomorrow, 9 to 11, uh, following car and driver radio uh, and so forth. All right, we'll come back after this. Aaron Geek in the City Duran and Kristen Bowie, they'll both be in here with their respective top fives. More from Tim Riley, and we'll find out if Fidel Castro continues to draw the warm air of Cuba. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs>
I'm nodding my head, but please don't construe that as any sort of indication that I care. You're a dick. I'm not a dick. I'm not a sports fan, really. In if you went to one, you would really like it. You saw them live. You know, and you'll get to see them again, too, because they made the playoffs. So when right. they come back through, I'm going to make you come. And this is what me. sport? It's, it's rugby? Soccer. soccer? Some, you and Laura are going to come to a game with me. Uh-huh. Do I have to wear some sort of like faux, uh, no, like foreign to clothing to look like it to pretend that I'm really like really into European sports? Like pass myself off as a long-time wore, soccer fan? I basically wore this. I'm not talking about you though. I'm not. I'm not talking about you. I just, even without having gone to one of those, I have this gut sense that it's going to be a whole lot of like pasty white people from Portland who are trying to pass themselves off as people who've been into soccer for like 15 years. No, Actually, I'm really a lot Manchester people... United really knows how to play. It, it's weird. It's funny. It, like the better the team started doing, the more people started showing up. See, like last night, there were like ten times more people than there were like five games ago. See, that's my. That was kind of annoying. And it was Thursday, Thursday, and the lines were long. And I don't want you to annoying. think that I'm being a dick about it. I'm really not. It's not that I'm. An, I mean, I'm not opposed to sports. I mean, there's sports that I, I kind of follow, um, but it, 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 I just. Here's the thing about about the about the Portland Timbers. That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland Timbers. And I'm not trying to feign ignorance. I just don't really follow it. But I, I just smell like the I smell like the 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 um the heavy aroma of current hype going on with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I sense that it's sort of becoming like a hipster in crowd thing to do, which is not. And I know that you've been going for a while, and it's just that, so it's. I know that you, you're. I mean, you're there because you enjoy it. But I, I just know that I'm going to go there and we'd be surrounded by a bunch of like, uh, you know, like week long converts to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it just was. Bug me. I actually ended up leaving early last night because I was so annoyed with all these people, all these girls in like their halter tops that's, and not see, paying that's, any that's attention. Totally, it, it was very. It, I, yeah, actually, my friend Heather and I just got up and left because I couldn't even handle it anymore. Yeah, I. That's the sort of thing I just can't stand to be around. Uh, all right, hey, let's uh, welcome Kristen Bowie now, who uh, is ably filling in for the one and only Scotty J who's off with his family at some place called Lake Billy, which I guess I'm supposed to know about. I guess I'm supposed to be familiar with what Lake Billy is. I, it doesn't really have, like, the ring of sophistication to it, but what do I know? All right, Kristen Bowie joining us now in the studio. Why, hello, and how are you today? Hello. I don't have a plug for my... Uh, you don't need one. Under there? No, they go you don't need small, one. There is a small jack there, I believe. I think those actually should work. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Now, every time that you have filled in on this uh, program, we've had you create a top five. I think you've done your top five musical acts. I think you've done your top five songs, maybe, or albums, something like I that. I think so. And the top five songs that Scotty had on his hard drive. This is the, this is <laughs> oh, the top awesome. five songs that he had that sort of more or less coalesced with something you might find tolerable. Yeah. Uh, so we have now the first of two top fives today. This is uh, Kristen Bowie's top five most underrated musical acts of all time. If we want to roll the top five open, Sarah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we will uh, count. These Four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I like to count, don't you? All right, here is Tim Riley counting down Kristen Bowie's top five most underrated musical acts of all time. With honorable mention going to the Lemon Heads into your arms. Wait, is that wrong? Uh, that's backwards. Am I playing them yes. backward? Let me yes. jump that. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Dump it, dump it. I'm waiting. Okay, there you go. That's me. I played the back. And I made, a, <laughs> I made a special note to myself. Like, I wrote it down. Like, play them in opposite order because they numbered one through six, but it's the opposite way. Good job, Rick. I actually wrote it down. And then, I, and then I completely effed it up anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Tim, what was number? Uh, what was the honorable mention? 
the Lemonheads into your arms. The Lemonheads featuring uh, Evan Dando. I love these guys. Are they still together, or is it just him these days? I think it's just Dando. Yeah. Who's a Lemonhead? hear that much about these guys you know it was the wrong time yeah definitely it was, it was just it was in that in that period of time in american rock when everything had to be atonal and depressing yeah and you know this guy just couldn't write a sad song if his life depended on it <laughs> i mean especially for a guy that was a crack addict for most of that decade all of his songs were just so relentlessly not all but a lot of them were so relentlessly cheery he also did one of my favorite songs which is from the Tao of Steve. He did that song, uh, The Outdoor Type. You know, I was debating between this one and The Outdoor Type. I love The Outdoor Type. Uh, it's such a beautiful song. I mean, I'm not like a huge... Uh, like, I don't know a lot about the Lemonheads, but everything I've ever heard from them is just... I mean, just these big, bright, sunny pop hooks. And then uh, they also achieved, I think, the closest thing to a hit single with that cover of Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. They have a very warm guitar sound, and it's really awesome. Kind of a Matthew Sweet sort of a thing. Definitely. Wasn't he dating Juliana Hatfield for a while? That I do not know. I think he's dated quite a few young ladies. <laughs> well, because he has those. He is Evan Dendo. He does have those luscious pillow-like lips, as they constantly say about that dick from uh, uh, Fall Out Boy. I about Angelina Jolie. Really? Pillow-like? I yes. think somebody said that about Pete Wentz. That's really uncomfortable. Pillow-like? I know. <laughs> that's why I always repeat it, because it's the most awkward phrase. It was in Rolling Stone. Oh, they always call her a pillow-lipped beauty. Pete Wentz's soft pillow-like lips are luscious as he waits for me, you know, Sipping a Fanta Orange at Spago, you know, or just some hideous thing. These are Christian Bowie's top five underrated musical acts. Number five, the Meat Puppets in Plateau. Now, isn't one of these guys missing or dead or something? I want to say yes. Because it's Chris and something or other, like two brothers or whatever. This was covered by Nirvana, was it not? Yes, on MTV Unplugged. They also covered Aurora Borealis, I believe, too. The only thing I really know about um, the Meat Puppets, other than the fact that Nirvana covered uh, this, is that A, they use poker chips for guitar picks, and B, that they did that song Back, Backwater? Under something? Blackwater? Blackwater? They did Lake on Fire, too. Lake on Fire. One of their more well-known hits. They had some tiny little moment of fame in the early 90s when I was a rock jock, and I had to play some song by them, but I forget what it was. I really think Kurt made this song what it is, like, well-known. and. I don't think I would really know anything about the Meat Puppets were it not for Nirvana. <laughs> it's amazing how much they actually sound alike. I could hear that same sort of quavering, high-pitched voice. Yeah. Counting down Kristen Bowie's top five underrated musical acts of all time. Number four of the Zombies. She's not there. Really? How yeah. great. Oh, you missed number three. Oh. No, we're only at number four. This is number four. Oh. We go backwards. Sorry. <laughs> right. we're doing, it's been a long day. We're doing case, case and case and <laughs> Have you been here since 5 a.m.? Uh, six. Yeah. Oh, Would you like some fortified wine? <laughs> just to complete your no. transmogrification into Scotty The coffee's doing just fine. Yeah. No, you've put in a lot. <laughs> You've been a longer day than any of us. I know we cannot complain. We've been here, what, two hours? Seriously. <laughs> Three? This is great. 
Sounds a lot like the Kinks. I thought so too. It was actually between them and the Kinks on this list. One of those things that's like, sounds like it ought to be coming off the Rushmore soundtrack. Definitely. There's just something about that big analog, the empty room sound that you just, man, they just never duplicated that. It's gone. Yeah. Counting down the top five most underrated musical acts of all time, Tim. And number three, UFO and Dr. Dr. UFO. Is this the, um, the 80s rock band UFO? I do believe so. Awesome. This This intro is incredibly, incredibly long. It's a great song. Once again, it's just that really full guitar sound that totally. I love. This this totally has that late seventies, early eighties sound too. That like um, that hot rails to hell, blue oyster cult sound. Yeah. This is totally, you know, this could be, this could totally seamlessly transition into Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You by Spinal Tap. You're right. Tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight. Oh, that's great sound. Kristen Bowie's top five underrated music acts of all time. Sorry, I keep getting sucked into the song. That's okay. I just find myself <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. Tim? At number two, MC5 with Teenage Lust. Really? Yes. yes. These guys toured in 04 with one of the guys from Helicopters, which is a Swedish punk band, which is kind of interesting. And these guys most famous for Kick Out the Jam, which yes. I think is the only thing I know by them. <laughs> I don't think I know anything else by the MC5. They had a video out at the Clinton probably two years ago, I think. And I think what's his name from the MC5 is married to Patty Smith or is married to Patty Smith. Or I maybe, remember hearing something like that. Or maybe he's dead. I don't really know. There's only like... I think there's only one guy who's gone from that band, so... Counting down, Kristen Bowie's top five underrated music acts, Tim Riley. And long last at number one, the Hollies and Hey Hey Carrie Ann. I love these guys. These guys are really fantastic. And they kind of got overshadowed by the Beatles and everything, so they just didn't get the attention that they deserve. Well, I haven't heard this song in a long time. That's because we lost Kissin. <laughs> and the fact that they put steel drums in this is pretty great, too. Everybody sing. Yeah, I used to have to play this. I used to have to play this all the time with an oldies jock. You know, it's so bizarre that this is the same group that did Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress. Yeah. They they drastically changed. That really is diversity. Fantastic. 
Well done, Kristen Bowie. Thank you. All right. I don't think I failed yet. No, no, it's really good. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Tim Riley and Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Ladies and gentlemen, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Tom Likas with Flash Friday. Uh, Donna Mike at 7 and so forth. Here is my, uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Hold me like you did by the lake on the boo. Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Hello, sir. Hello there. How you doing today? Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. All right. Wearing is that like a shirt you wear just for this your is, appearances on the show? This is my student. I, I think I it's the it's only shirt that he owns. I was just thinking about that. No, day. he owns that Justice League of America shirt too. Yeah. No, I wear this because I know it's Sarah's favorite. It is my favorite. So that, yeah. So it, it gets worn once every other week. It's kind of great. Don't take this the wrong way. It, it also like stains well. Looks like it was made out of a pillowcase. Shh. No, I, it was. Really? No, that's badass. I mean, that's kind of cool. So it was, yeah. I mean, it's you know, so it's thrifty and the year retro Star Trek Three came out because it's yeah. based on the search for Spock. Yeah, you could spill all kinds of pizza on there and it would never be seen. Oh, I do. So, like the Klingons, my spilled food can cloak. Sexy. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Tim Riley will rejoin us here in just a few moments, and we will uh, visit the Ministry of Truth and so forth. Uh, I know. You know, Scott was was Scott in last week? Yeah. Are you sure? I don't even remember that. I don't think he yeah, was. Yeah, he was here. No, he was. I don't remember that he at all. Really You're not making him feel good if he's listening right no, now. No, I'm just saying it's all a blur because he has a real job, and so sometimes he gets stuck. Like a job where he has to travel and like, go places and do things, and so sometimes he gets stuck out of town and no, yeah, misses I know. a week. I'll so. get the text message, I'm in hell and I can't get out. He was stuck in Pasco. He was stuck in the Tri-Cities for like three yeah. hours. Couldn't make it to the 48-hour film festival thing. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, we'd like to give props to our man, Jerris, uh, who is the director of, uh, of our film, not, uh, not Aaron's team, but uh, the team that I was on. And uh, we were not selected for inclusion in the top 10 or top 20. Join the club. We didn't. We didn't tell a wacky, ironic movie. I was going to say we. Yeah, we didn't have a guy getting kicked in the balls at some point, which apparently is a. That's apparently the gold standard. Or a ghost dropping an f bomb every thirty seconds. (laughs) We didn't badly rip off Beetlejuice. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm sorry. Was that out loud? No. (laughs) They reference it in their own movie. You can say that. That's fine. Like we're ripping off Beetlejuice. Wink. No, whatever. You know they made it and we didn't. So you know. Um. Anyway, but I guess so. Jarrett went last night. Apparently, I didn't see it because I didn't go. But apparently, he. I think I got it on my phone. Really? Apparently he wore a shirt that said like, what did it say? Like, it was a, it was an acronym, but it was like F the 40 Hour Film Festival or something. Yeah. Let me take a look here. Hold Woo! on. This is thrilling. I know. Fantastic. G F Y 48. Oh yeah. Is that that uh, is that go F yourself? Yes. The the beauty part Bam! is that he's actually posing with the producer of the festival as he's wearing that shirt. That is wonderful. That's awesome. Excellent. Okay, uh, it's 503-733-2970. We're here with Aaron Geek in the city. Duran, we'll do your top five here in just a second. Top five lyricless uh, TV theme songs. Um, Boy, I'm going to take, of, I'm gonna take Kong, some hits though. on that. King of Kong is pretty good. It opens this Friday at Cinema 21 for a week only, only at Cinema 21, I believe. Um, King of Kong, <clears throat> excuse me, it's all about uh, a person's obsession with breaking the King Kong, or King Kong, geez, the Donkey Kong high score. And... <clears throat> It is a flat-out sports movie. So if you're thinking you're just going to see a bunch, I mean, you are just see a bunch of pasty arcade nerds. Mm-hmm. But it's cut, you know, like a sports. I heard it's got like Eye of the Tiger it's and the got, Karate Kid theme it's song. It's got the Karate. And... You're the best. It's got that. <laughs> it's got an Eye of the Tiger training montage, and on the montages are just close-ups of guys hitting buttons. Yeah. And like pounding down pizza. Excellent. And like this takes a lot of endurance. 
But it's cut in such a way that there really is a hero and a villain of this documentary. And so it's 230-something guys battling it out for the Donkey Kong world record. Right. So this is there's a similar film uh, that came out last year called Game Over, which is the story of the, our friend William Carlton, who's been on the show a whole bunch of times, who did the Missile Command world record. And But this one is uh, getting a whole lot of attention. Yeah, and I can honestly say that I, believe it or not, I prefer Game Over. Don't get me wrong. The King of Kong is a really fun movie. Um, I think it's a little too long. It's an hour and a half. And I think it could have been tightened up into an hour. Made well, really, really I mean, narrative. and I don't mean to be snarky, but it's like, how much can you possibly show a guy, like, training to play Donkey Kong? Right. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely really good, but I think Game Over is a, is a tighter documentary on the subject. And just so many, so many people in King of Kong are so unlikable. Yeah. That when they walk on screen, you just want to punch the screen. Well, that's, I mean, that's how it is with all those. Like, I was thinking about, there's, like, Spellbound, which is the spelling bee one. There's, I own that. So do I. It's a great movie. There's uh, Word Freak. And then, see, I always get this wrong. There's Word Freak, and then there's Word Wars. And one of them is Scrabble, and one of them is Crosswords. But the yeah. one that's Scrabble, man, there's guys in there who just, I mean, they're so weird, they shouldn't be let out of the house. I mean, they're just insane. Uh, I mean, just guys who are just so weird and so strange and such misfits, but you put them behind the Scrabble board, and it's like they're in their element. I mean, they're in the zone. Yeah, that's how everyone in this film is, except for the, quote, the hero guy. His name is Steve. He's actually a science teacher in Redmond, Washington. He's the only one that is... In any way normal. It's got the wife and the kids right. and can interact socially. Everyone else in the film just can't. You know, you get them out of that 80s arcade and they just shut down completely. Yeah. Which is kind of the humor and charm of the movie. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, it's a lot of fun and people of my generation, especially dudes, they're, they're, you're just going to cringe sometimes because you're going to still wonder, like, man, is that what I look like? All right. If you could... Oh, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Except covered in pizza. Yeah. If you, could, uh, if you could own one stand-up arcade game in your house uh, from the classic era, let's Tempest. say... Cutoff point ninety five. Tempest. Tempest. Really? Tempest, yeah. I, I love suck Tempest. At that game. I'm so bad at Tempest. Wait, cutoff ninety five? Well, or whenever. I mean, I don't know when the golden era of of arcade games. I would say the golden era of stand up arcade games ends when the NES takeoff begins. Yeah, that would have been, like, been like eighty six. Really? Yeah. That, 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 that the NES yeah. Famcom or whatever the hell yeah. that thing was that came oh, yeah. out. I didn't think it was that long ago. Yeah. Damn, man. All right. See, for me, then I guess my arcade choice would probably post-date that then, because my if I could own one stand-up arcade game in my home, it would be Smash TV, hands down, no doubt that about was, it. Yeah, that Smash was the TV. era of Smash oh. TV. Oh. It's the Running Man, but it takes a quarter. Totally, it's exactly what it is. It's exactly it is. Smash TV is set in the future, obviously, and it is um, it is a uh, how do I even put it's this? Like your Have you seen TV. the Running Man? No. Okay, but it's it's a it's a mock game show, and the deal is you are the contestant on a mock on a game show set in the future, and they put you in a room, and the deal is it's an incredibly violent game show set in like the year three thousand, where you win like cash and prizes, and you know like a brand new toaster and a year's supply of meat. But to pass each level, it's like they put you in a room, and the host comes on with a bunch of bucks of women, and he says, "And now for your chance at a year's supply of meat." Fend off an army of maniacs wielding chainsaws or whatever. And then you're in a room having to, like, fight your way out of a bunch of guys who come in trying to kill you. And then at the end of the round, they tell you what you've won. And literally it's like, and now you win a year's supply of beef. And it's, it is a mock game show. 
in which the whole object is just to survive while guys are trying to kill you. And at the end of each round, you win like a vacation package and a brand new car and whatever. And it's yeah. a really tongue-in-cheek, funny concept, but it's incredibly violent. And it's, it's hugely violent. And the gameplay is just unreal. I mean, it's so it's one of the uh, It's one of the few dual joystick games. Oh, so yeah. And, joystick is yeah, and there's the no right button. It's two, yeah, it's two joysticks. One to move, one to shoot. And they were one of the, huh. ones of the pioneers of awesome. that. I've looked into it. It costs like 1200 bucks. Yeah, I would buy love, it. I want to get Tempest. I want to get Gauntlet. Gauntlet, yeah. Old school Gauntlet. Woo! And then I would love to own Dragon's Lair. Dragon. Just so I could finally beat the damn thing. Yeah, you know, there's a bunch of walkthroughs on YouTube. I know, you it's not the same. Okay. I've watched them, but Dragon's I do it myself. It's a bad game. I know what you don't understand. It was the first game that cost 50 cents. Yeah, I know. So No, that's not true. That's not true. Mach what? 3 was the first game that cost 50 cents. Okay, the first game I didn't move around. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, all right, Sarah, we have to just just to go around. If you were to if you were to own one stand up arcade game, you know, stand up arcade isn't my thing, but I really do like playing Tetris. All right, well, there you go. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, well, let's just get a couple of these, and then we'll do the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Sarah. Hey, let me just, by the way, let me just make uh, let me make Kristen Bowie even greater uh, to everybody in the audience. She says, if only they had a Leisure Suit Larry arcade game. That would be Fantastic. awesome. Fantastic. I right. can make it even hotter to the audience while I was in the back waiting. She complained that she hasn't been able to play D&D in years. Really? She's like, I want to get into a D&D game so bad. Are you going to hook her up with that, Aaron? You said I already Big offered Daddy so Aaron could make that happen. <laughs> I All said, right. you know, I got a game going. <laughs> what's, what's up, brother? Hey, I just wanted to call. Uh, wish her good luck tomorrow. Thank you. you. And uh, ask her if she's clipped her fingernails and put them in a matchbox, because that's what all good uh, kamikaze pilots did so their families had something to bury. <laughs> or to later resurrect. So that She's got necessary. that look on her face like, that's not funny, sir. Hi. <laughs> All right. Bye. Excellent. Thank you. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, um, are you guys, were you around back when um, Pong was a stand-up arcade game? Well, I mean, I was I was alive, but I think I, that was, what, like 75 or something? Oh, maybe six. I don't remember. It, it was the same time that air hockey, those were the two biggest games at the time that I remember, but... I remember, like, um, I mean, people just getting all worked up about it, you know, shoving quarters in the machine so they could go play Pong because it was this brand-new thing called an electronic video game. Yeah, well, the, the first Pong machine, actually, which is created by Nolan Bushnell, actually malfunctioned. And the, the bar called him, and they're like, come fix this stupid machine. It broke. And the guy walks in, and it had broken because there were so many quarters inside it. It moved up, and it had shorted out the equipment. Um, yeah, Nolan Bushnell, founder of Atari, was the guy who made the first Pong arcade game. And, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, yeah. It was, it was at the time, you know, because you look back now, and it's just, oh, come on. But, you know, at the time, it was, just, it was cutting edge. It was amazing, you know. And, yeah. I wonder how long you worked on that impression. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, how's it going? Hey. Hey, man, do you remember what the announcer on Smash TV would say? I'd buy that for a dollar. Big money. Big prizes. Big prizes. Oh, yeah. No, he also said I'd buy that for a dollar sometimes, which is that, a, yeah. a nod to, uh, to Robocop. Robocop. Yeah. 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 And he was, and I forget what his name was, but the final level, if you ever completed Smash TV. I did. The <laughs> Punk. Um, the, uh, the the final level of Smash TV was you would actually battle a huge robotic version of the host, and he would yeah. shoot eyeballs at you. Yeah, guy pumped the quarters in at the uh, town center arcade for me. I for a very present. nearly did not graduate from high school because of that game. Because my friend John didn't have a fifth period class, which was after lunch. I did, but he didn't. And so we'd go to lunch, and he'd be like, "Well, why don't we just stay out and play Smash TV?" And I'm like. Okay, you know, and so we go to the mall, and I would just, uh, man, I can't even tell you, honey, 
hundreds of dollars I probably put into that Smash TV game. Which version did you play? Uh, well, what do you mean? Well, because there was two, two of them. There was one that was like a tabletop, and you could look down at it, and there was the regular arcade one. No, this was just this was the regular stand-up arcade with the two joysticks. Okay, yeah. Excellent. Thank you, sir. They needed yep. all that money because they had to fight off a lawsuit from Marvel. Is that true? Yeah, because the announcer, then when you fight him, looks just like Mojo from Mojo's World in the X-Men comics. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Hello, Tim Riley. Speaking of geek stuff and uh, old anime, mm -hmm. the original Astro Boy in glorious black and white is on in the middle of the night now during Adult Swim on the Cartoon Channel at 2.30 a.m. on Sunday. Really? Yes. You must watch it. Fantastic. Astro mm -hmm. Boy. Totally right. And they're turning Gigantor into a live-action movie. Astro Boy. Excellent. All right. Uh, have ye news? I do. A very important story that can't be held up any longer. Wait, hold on. Let me just, uh... I barely knew God her. damn it! And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Jennifer Anderson is coming to Oregon. Jennifer Anderson, the former star of Friends, will start a motion picture entitled Management. It'll be shooting in Portland and other Portland uh, area locations. The news comes as Governor Kulingowski announces that... Ed Asner will be on the Oregon Film and Video Office Board of Directors. Ed Asner's America. He is. Uh, Kulingowski hopes that Ed Asner and other board members will help lure more movie business into Oregon. Who's, who really would have thought that Ed Asner would lure anybody anywhere? And a predatory sex offender known for dressing in women's clothes in order to enter women's restrooms and locker rooms arrested this morning at Multnomah County Courthouse in an unrelated manner. Uh, this fellow's name is Thomas Lee Benson. He's 35. He was most recently arrested at Mount Scott Community Center after he dressed in women's clothing and entered a locker room at least two times to change his clothing in front of others. He's charged with evasion of privacy and misuse of public restroom. Failure to register as a sex offender. With being creepy. Then a man who dropped his drawers in the local public library in Beaverton will get 14 months in the Who's Cow. 54-year-old Joseph Bolton was arrested again. He's done this five other times. After he completes his debt to society, he, too, will become a sex offender. That's it for now. All right. Tim Everyone Riley. have a good weekend. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Top of the hour, uh, all the way through uh, Like Us. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's finish out these calls, then we'll do the top five lyricless TV theme songs. Hello, sir, or madam, as the case may be. <laughs> it would be a madam. Hi. Um, I just want to put in my two cents on the uh, video games. Now, I'm older than you, but there's nothing better than Asteroids. Now, to me, that was new, cutting-edge. That was the best technology. With those uh, vector graphics, Asteroids featuring the hyperspace button, which Absolutely. you're always a little, a little afraid to use. Which was dumb. No one hit the hyperspace button. I would do it at, at, you know, at moments of great peril. I, I regret nothing, and you just hit it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And then you appear right in the middle of an asteroid field and be yeah. killed. Or right in front of that well, stupid know, and, UFO. And, uh, I hate that UFO. A couple of years ago, I went to a party where they had a stand-up Asperger game, and I didn't socialize at all. I stayed and played that dang game all night. Good for you. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jerry. That's Thank your, you. Uh, That's your audience. Two more. I didn't socialize at all. I stayed in front of the computer screen all night. <laughs> Leave me alone. Don't look at me. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello? Hi. Hey, you got an Xbox 360, don't you? I'm sorry? You got an Xbox 360? Uh, I don't, actually. I'm waiting until Halo 3 comes out. Yeah, but they have a Xbox Live arcade section, and uh, you can download all those games for about five dollars or eight dollars. 
at uh, at uh, last uh, uh, Saturday at uh, Aaron's wife's birthday party, there was an Xbox. Uh, they, they were telling me about the you got the Xbox 360 because you can totally download all the old okay games from back in the 80s. And I, man, that's almost enough to make me do it. But I am going to hold out. I am going to hold out and wait for Halo 3. I think Court yeah. of Court and Fatboy is only buying an Xbox 360 so he can download Gauntlet. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wizard is about to die. All right. Thank you, Frank. All right, bye. all right, and uh, finally, uh, final call here about I'd buy that for a dollar. Hello, sir. Rick, dirtbag Dave, how the heck are you? Dave, hi. Aaron, you got to correct him on this. Where did I buy, I'd buy that for a dollar actually come from? Well, it came from RoboCop, but they used it in Smash TV. No, free RoboCop. It's from the Marching Morons. Science fiction novel, 1960-something or other. Uh, right. Sure. I'm sorry. Oh, totally, totally oh, I'm sorry. Unless my sci-fi is on a, you know, on a, on a tube, I don't know about it. Oh, uh, you're the Uber geek, and you let me down. Yeah, Aaron, kill yourself. I'm gonna go fall on my lightsaber now. <laughs> I regret right everything. Right, I'd buy that for a dollar. Bye now. All right. Jesus. Sorry, dude. All right. Uh, let's roll the top five again, shall we? He thinks he was five, mad before. Wait till this top four, five's over. Three, yeah. In your face. Two, one, fire. Fire. I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, these are the top five TV songs without lyrics, as determined by Aaron, Geek in the City Durant. All right, I'm actually nervous about this one, but an honorable mention, we've got the theme song to Theme Music to Soap. You won't be after this episode of Soap. And then it's farther than the actual. This is the story of two sisters. <laughs> Now, it's speaking, though. It's speaking. That totally counts as lyrics. Well, it's the, well, it's got a narrator over it. See, the one I found but then forgot to bring in didn't have any of the narration Oh, see, so it. I had to assemble these myself. Yeah, so I didn't no, know. Yeah. Yes, so some of these actually have narration. And Mary Campbell. But doesn't that have the theme song? Yeah, it's just... And I swear to God, Aaron, if you don't have... And this is... Wait. So... What? Uh, oh, you have to wait. You have to wait now. I don't... Wait. You talking about this? No. Oh. What? <laughs> it's supposed to be awful. This sucks. I know. I'm not no, it's supposed with to be you. awful because He's Soap like was mocking all the soap operas that were on TV. On the next episode so this theme song was, was the first one that ever openly kind of mocked all the other theme musics that were already playing. And plus, without shows like Soap, you never would have had Arrested Development. That's true. This is all going to go so badly. Yeah. I liked Soap, by the way. Uh, number five. Yours probably has an opening narration also. Number five. Battlestar Galactica. Live here. Again, out there. I think narration counts. As yeah, it really does. It doesn't doing? count. Not... With tribes I feel extreme shame now. Who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians or the Toltecs. You know, you can the skip Mayans. the narration part. No, right? this is your list. Thank you very much. much. Songs with words in them also have instrumental breaks. It doesn't make them words. No, these songs. are narrations that are laid over lyric-free theme songs. Uh -huh. I hate you all so much. Yeah. Anyway, I picked this because it was the first real epic sci-fi that didn't have lyrics applied to it on television. And why do you feel kooky, Aaron? Because it's not kooky. That's why I picked it. Right here, listen to that. <laughs> this is a great song. It's a fantastic it's a great score. Theme. It really is. And I people can tell you. give me crap about Star Trek, but Star Trek actually has lyrics. I was going to encourage song has lyrics. So it doesn't count. Even if it was never said in the show. Please. You're developing a twitch. Please I know, to sing the Star Trek lyrics. I, I, no. 
Okay. Come on. I can tell you, I'm watching that Battlestar Galactica, the new one. It's a great and show. And in that miniseries, there is that great moment where they quote this old theme in, yeah. in the miniseries when they do because it's now the it's the Battlestar Galactica the anthem theme. of Cobalt. It's the colonial the colonial theme. theme. Yeah. yeah. And then it all ends also badly. All right, counting out the top five. Right, let's just move ahead. Wordless then. TV songs, so-called. Right. Number four. Number four. Hill Street Blues. Which? Hey, more words. I hate you all. <laughs> this is the saddest TV theme song uh, ever, probably. Yeah, no, it really is. But this was, I think, the first time um, a cop drama, you know, a cop drama show didn't have a really intense theme where the cops were like these da, 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 yeah da, da, da. totally yeah this is the first time that i think cops portrayed as real people and the music kind of shows it just, every now, time that theme came on you were ready for something to happen usually while somebody was crying and screaming no man the first time i was allowed to watch this show i was like yeah, okay you can finally watch this and it was the episode where mad dog got stabbed in the neck in a riot I'm like, uh, i can't watch this show this is sort of the mike post era of tv theme songs there was this like 10 year period where i swear to god mike posted every tv theme song Ever. I mean, he's every hit. And then right after this is when he cranked up the St. Elsewhere theme. Yeah. Okay, number three. We just gotta move this along. Number three. Yeah. Barney Miller theme. This is a great TV theme. I love this. By the way, I'm looking at this list, and this list is crap because there's there's (laughs) such an egregious omission from this list. Is it the one I was mouthing? No. I can't. No, because that's. Tara's already angry about what's not on the list. There's this. I almost picked it too. There's the most. You unbelievable. are a bastard. Yeah. Wait, let me. Wait. Don't look, Aaron. I already know what you're saying. No, look. No, that's. I wasn't saying that one. What about I was, that one though? I was saying. Well, that one too. I was saying this one. That's the one I was saying. Oh yeah. All right. He's just blown it. Yeah, seriously, this list sucks. Counting down Aaron's All right, incredibly number two is flawed. Mission Stupid Impossible. Okay, now this, I can grant you this one. No, no, my list sucks. Mission Stupid Impossible. <laughs> Although mine doesn't count because mine has words, I guess. But I'm saying... Oh, then then how could it make on the list? Then? You shut it up. has lyrics. It doesn't count. No, I, I'll take it back. Mine doesn't Mine doesn't count because it really does have like lyrics. What number are we on now? Two. This is number two. So Mission can, Impossible. This so is iconic. Can, so she can punk us, punk me with number one, just slip right in. Okay. And Aaron's. Oh, is this? That's number one. And then number one. Number one is not this, but I'll let Sarah have it. This is the Twin Peaks theme, is it not? It sure is. Yeah. Wow. It's moving. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, your list was so wonderful. Listen to it. I was actually going to say the I Jeffersons. Can actually, I, I was going to get. I can picture midgets walking around. I was going to get all cranked up about the Jeffersons, then I realized there are lyrics to Yeah, moving on. And actually the, actually, the Suicide is Painless, the theme song to MASH, actually has lyrics, too, even though they're not used in the... Fat Boy has also why I didn't do it. Fat Boy likes my list. What? Thank you very much. Let's... I mean... Let's welcome now Fat Boy from Rock 101 Cable. Well, this, today's show is just chaos. Hello, mean, Sarah. How are you being mean? mean today? No, I would no, granted I the Twin listening. Peaks theme is pretty yes. great. Yeah, well, but actually, yeah. I don't like the Twin Peaks theme at all. I think it's lazy. Let's yeah, listen to Aaron's. Uh, let's listen to Aaron's number one. Yeah. So called. I'm not even gonna name it. Just six pain. I'll grant you this. It's pretty great. Uh, Fat Boy does this kind of cut-up turntable version of this. It's pretty great. Right, I've got a couple of those on his list there. Not the black cut, unfortunately. This is pretty wonderful. Yeah. People like my list, Sarah. Sure they do. They're just trying to be nice to you because you look like you're going to cry. <laughs> Shut up. 
She's made of knives and pain today. I know. Are you trying to be sitting here all day being told you're going to die tomorrow? <laughs> I haven't said I've that. missed that. I have missed that. Well, I did say I was going to raise your undead body later, but I didn't say you were going to die. Yeah, then it would be zombie Sarah. Oh. Like a real doll. But oh. Undead. Oh. <laughs> Man. Why'd you even introduce that concept? Put the Twin Peaks back on. Back after this, you stay there. It's the Rick Everson Show. Hurts your soul, doesn't it? Hey, how long do we have here, Sarah? Uh, we have a minute. Okay, so we have time to get these two scathing calls. Hi, uh, Kevin, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. All right. Since there's only a minute, can't be fair to another caller. I'll just say it. Yeah. And yeah. your face, Aaron. Screw that song. Yeah. Tony. All right. Thank you, Kevin. So obvious. All right. <laughs> so obvious. Isn't that the point of the Why list? Why put the deserving no. songs on the list? Uh, hi. Uh, final call about Aaron's. I'm looking on the screen. Wants to comment on Aaron's worthless top five. Yes? Totally worthless. Although that goddamn guy before me took exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, because no Thompson one ever buzzes on this end, sir. I can't hear anything. I'm just saying. It's the goddamn Andy Griffith show. Come on. All right. Mm-hmm. Day one stuff, Aaron. Yeah. Andy All right. Griffith. Okay. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> Thank you. All right. There you callers go. aren't bringing it. Seriously, these are the callers. It's all just falling apart here. They're, they're really their cases are just collapsing like wet cardboard. It's like challenging me to a Trek trivia contest. You're gonna come. You step up with your A game. Okay. Sing just a little bit of the Star Trek theme. I really don't know it. Come, come on. on. You just don't, don't, don't lie. Something flying high. That's all I know. Okay, what's so, happening? I don't know. I mean, film fever radio. We're gonna have the new show up uh, tonight. We've got a special guest host, and Scott Daly couldn't make it. Who's the special guest host? I'm not gonna say. You have to download the show to find Please. out. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. Okay. I got. I will guarantee the soapbox derby tomorrow. Come hey, soapbox derby tomorrow. Mount Tabor. Be there. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio correspondents Ed McCarthy and uh, Rachel McGrath. Uh, also, Aaron Geek in the City Duran, Fat Boy from Rock 101, KUFO. Da 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 Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. Uh, in the newsroom, Tim Riley, uh, our PA today, Kristen Bowie, and for Scotty J, who returns Monday, and of course, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. As always, don't let the bastards grind you down and do be safe. Thanks for listening. See you all Monday. Watch out for snakes. Bye.